and we are recording in progress recording with miss judith very baker who has been on here a couple times before as always in the description is uh, are her books her website and her twitter um and uh we had to delay this by 20 minutes because the fire alarm went off in my building and i was just telling miss baker how oddly enough the fire this episode is brought to you by snapple want to know another snapple fact the first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep a duck and a rooster ridiculous check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored snapple near you alarm's been going on i mean right now it is absolutely snowing to beat the band and the fire alarm has only been going off i swear it starts snowing and then it's like an apocalyptic fire alarm and you know the fire trucks show up and i'm like it doesn't make sense (laughs) nothing makes sense and i'm exposed wire maybe to that melts in somewhere something's happened and you know what i don't really care so whatever miss baker please introduce yourself send me up there i'll fix it for you yes you'll come up here and start you'll start throwing fists um Miss Baker, if you could please introduce yourself to all the new listeners. I was Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend. He did not kill Kennedy. I had to stay hidden for a long time. I happen to also be right up to date on viral research on um, everything to do with biological weapons because we were involved with that back in 1963, trying to kill Castro through a CIA project. And I'm one of the lone survivors of that project through a series of fortuitous uh, circumstances, thank God. And that's just, it's kind of one of like the wildest nonchalant intros. Most people are like, I wrote this book and you, you know, you're just very like, so I did date Lee Harvey Oswald. He did not kill John F. Kennedy. And it's just like, that's such like a hardcore intro. I love it. Um, But Ms. Baker, for the people that maybe, and you've been on here three, four times before, for the people who uh, may not know, and then we can get into the, the viral research, because I know that's what you're on the edge of. Um, could you just give them- well, Tommy, a- I think we only have one that's been recorded. All the others were talks. Uh, this is only the second one. Okay. Um, could yeah, you- Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Could you maybe tell people uh, how Lee Harvey did not, or why you know- through your intimacy, through your intimate relations with him, how you know that he did not kill uh, President John F. Kennedy? Let's start backwards with the fact that after 60 years, they haven't released all the records of this so-called lone nut because of national security reasons. Think about that. Anybody else they've held him that long? Pfizer tried to go and hold the records for 75 years. That's the only other... And by the way, all of this is rather re- related. Biological weapons is what we were involved with. And Lee Oswald was, and they don't want this to come out, that the CIA was trying to create a biological weapon that could be used to kill people with cancer, lung cancer. That was 60 years ago. And I'm telling you, anytime you hear Fauci or anybody else saying, oh, we weren't doing gain of function, we were doing it back then. We just didn't name it that. Yeah. We're talking about creating mutations in a very well-known virus, the SV40 monkey virus, which is very unusual. It's very small. It's a DNA-based virus. It is not like the regular RNA viruses that uh, you would usually encounter. Because it was so small and it had such profoundly interesting genome, very, very tiny, and yet it was active virus, 
one that could escape through the filters, and that's why it's in all the polio vaccines. Until 1999, they're trying to tell you it stopped in 1963. They were del- we were distributing. It was being distributed throughout the world in 1963. It didn't stop. People had stockpiles of it. You kept using it for years and brought in more, kept refrigerating it and using it. They did not want the public to know that we had a contaminated vaccine. And you know what the argument was? Well, we're going to cure cancer in a few years. So it doesn't matter. Before pe- Because it's a latent virus, people won't get cancer right away. They'll never connect it to the vaccine. So let's go ahead and use it. We don't want to lose all this money. Has anything changed in our ethics since? We're doing the same thing now. And that's what I'm really concerned about, that I know that money and politics drove it. And that's what's happened today as well. Now, what was Lee Oswald doing? It's very interesting because this was a remarkable young man. I just posted on my Twitter, which is at Judith, which is at J-U-D-Y-T-H, okay? I have another Twitter account that is on my phone. I can't get rid of it. (laughs) But at any rate, uh, that's because I keep getting hacked. By the way, getting hacked means this. It means like, Please buy my book from me, not from Amazon. Amazon right now is selling the book like crazy, but they're not sending me the names and addresses. They're collecting the money and nobody's getting their books. We're, we're, I've got a lawyer now to get, get because please people don't get mad at me. Amazon is not sending me. So please instead write to jfkconference at yahoo.com and uh, you can send $42 to PayPal using that address, jfkconference at yahoo.com. You'll get your book. And they just don't want this book to come out. I'm, I'm talking about this now because of what's been happening in the last couple of weeks. This is the book. Now, that says Lee Harvey Oswald and me. So when this book came out <clears throat> and I started doing the interviews just the last few weeks, suddenly eight books appeared. Uh, denouncing me, all from the same organization, which is linked to a CIA asset. That's why I asked you, maybe your fire alarm went off because we were going to have this interview. (laughs) You know, I'm not I'm not ruling it out, to be honest. I'm not ruling it out. So I'm just saying that have you ever heard of a witness before who had eight books come out against them the minute they put their book out there? No, that's that's some hardcore psyops. You just go ahead and look. Eight books plus a ninth one that came out earlier called, and please, guys, don't, please don't enrich the CIA or whoever's doing this, okay, by buying their books because you put up my name, Judith Ferry Baker, up come these before my own books or it's all mixed in with my books. And it's, uh, it's, it's just criminal because the material they're using is over 20 years old. It was based on a whole series of lies like claiming that I was a hamburger flipper <laughs> and I could not possibly know Lee Oswald because he was a loner and that I must just be making it all up. Now I have no witnesses, no evidence. Of course I have witnesses. That was over 20 years ago and they're picking all this up from way, way before when I was being attacked. They, everything you could find they put together and now they're publishing it in eight different books and you go and they all have the same review. 
word for word in each book. So you know it's... Yeah. What do you call All that? All back to a single source, yeah. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Or any of your witnesses? No. If I were you, no. I'd take that okay. as a compliment. That means they, they really are... Uh, they really are scared. Well, I just want people to know that it's ridiculous. This is not what's, it's not real. It's, they don't care. The book that's called In Her Own Words takes quotations from my book, Me and Lee, the one before this one. And I open it random immediately. It's like only 250 pages long, maybe 300. There are 99 lies. That's about I mean, that's one every two pages, and, that, and that's because they have to explain the lie. Yeah. It's one. I couldn't believe it. For example, I'll just give an interesting example. He says in there, what is this? She, she says uh, his ring was on his right hand. Who does that? People that are married in Russia, that's who does that. But he makes fun of that. Then a few pages later, he says, what is this? They've got they're walking hand in hand. She says the rings click. Everybody knows rings are on the left hand, so how can that be? One of them must be walking backwards. That's an example of what they're, yeah. I mean, it's 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 egregious. Kind it of low, low hanging fruit lies. It kind of seems mm -hmm. like a lazy CIA operative. That well, he, this guy happens to be former FBI. Oh, the okay, others are lo linked to the CIA asset. Okay. Who died? Just leaving, you know, not, his legacy is to keep attacking me. <laughs> sure, yeah. He's dead. Agency anyway, man to so, the end, even posthumously. So talking about Lee Oswald, ask me a question. Let's do it like that. Any question. I don't know whether you have call-ins, but those are good too, unless it's from the CIA guy. They're going to say something like, well, this alleged mistress of this alleged, you know. No, I don't, know, so, I, I, know. I don't do call-ins because I never know who's watching. But, okay, so, That's so, right. so I've talked to you before, but for someone that hasn't talked to you, if you had to just explain to them in, in a couple of minutes, what would you, you know, because you do you explained in our first talk that, you know, it wasn't just an emotional appeal of I knew Lee, he wouldn't oh. do this. You actually explained in like rationally and tactically like why it would not have worked. Could you maybe explain how? Yes, you know I can substantiate. Was... OK. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, I've, I've been on I've been interviewing. I'm almost out of <laughs> out of voice. It's been wonderful. But I uh, know I've had to talk to lawyers about these books and yeah. everything and. Uh, other people, witnesses, and so on. Things are going great as far as the people who read the book. All right, now, why do I have a book? Because back then, uh, when I realized that we were in a project that was aimed at killing Fidel Castro, you know, I believed and I trusted all my mentors and all these uh, these eminent doctors and scientists. I mean, I'm 19 years old when I reached New Orleans. And I and I'm going to go and dispute them when they say uh, when I find out that I'm in a project to make cancer more deadly. It was in the newspaper articles written about me that I was assigned to do that. The excuse had been that uh, after all, if we know how to make it grow faster and make it more deadly, we'll be able to figure out how to kill it. That's the excuse they gave me. They used my skills and my knowledge. The reason I was ahead so many is I wasn't trained by these people. I wasn't trained by big pharma. I wasn't trained by somebody with their own little box about figuring out 
I looked at this from the outside and used common sense and logic, realizing that I had to have germ-free mice if I was going to get, go anywhere in cancer research. All right, so those are the backgrounds, that and the fact that I knew uh, the precursor because I helped work on it. I helped develop in a very small part of it, understand many, many, because the formula, it's called RPMI 1640, was developed at Roswell Park a few years after I left there, after I was trained there. But I worked in Dr. Moore's, George Moore's own private lab working on it. And I have papers, even one of them is in my book, so you can see what I did. But because I had a special formula, that's one reason, young as I was, they wanted me in New Orleans. I could grow faster cancer than anybody, faster growing, faster developing, faster uh, muting everything. So that's that part of the background. Now, why would Lee Oswald be involved with any of that? First of all, that's the question. Who would ever dream that he would be involved with anything like that? It sounds so outlandish and so off impossible. Well, that's the kind of way they set these things up. By the way, there are two sets of records on Lee Oswald. I have to make this uh, an important um, statement because when the U USSR, when he Lee went to the USSR, he was a fake defector there. And he went during the Eisenhower administration. When it was turned over to the Kennedy administration, the CIA didn't like Kennedy. And there were a lot of details they did not give him. Lee found himself stranded over at the USSR and contacts didn't know, uh, they weren't getting updated. See, I, it wasn't allowing Kennedy to know very much of anything. Kennedy had to start using Bobby Kennedy to go around that. Bobby Kennedy is the one that got Lee back. He, he, the State Department, the Department of Justice pestered the State Department until they had to give Lee a loan and let him come back. Mm. That's the real truth. The reason I'm mentioning that is we have some document. See, I want to say that without some documentation. What person getting a State Department loan where it says in tiny print that you have to be a citizen in good standing? And he's been in the USSR for 30 months, has a Russian wife and child, and he gets the loan. On top of that, you open up the loan papers, which used to be online, but ever since I mentioned this, they're gone, but I have copies. All right. Open up the pages. And he hasn't filled out anything, hardly anything. And where it says, what did you do when he was in the Soviet Union? Zilch. Nothing's there. And they still give him a loan. Now, that means he's ours. You understand? He was one of ours. He was a fake defector. But here's the good part. I knew he was. Uh, I knew his name was Knute Mickelson. He was a spy. And after I scored very high, highest in the state of Florida on an IQ test, it was... Uh, given it to anybody who was uh, 20 years old or un under, you know, uh, and I uh, scored the highest. So he comes to my school. He came from Norway. He had been a spy against Hitler. He was teaching at the time. The All this is a big newspaper article I have in my book. He was teaching the royal family. I mean, he was a tutor for them, you know. He's he's come for radio radiobiology and they're working with genetics and mutations and everything. And he contacts me. I am just barely into cancer research at the time. I had, uh, I would soon invent a new method for getting magnesium out of seawater. That took me to the International Science Fair. I shook Werner von Braun's hand and everything because the magnesium was very important at that time for rocketry. 
very important, lightweight metal. Now, how do you get it uh, out cheaply? Very expensive. Well, I invented a better way, instead of using platinum uh, to uh, have the magnesium adhere to this purest kind, I found a way to get around using platinum in this particular German in way of doing it. That's all. It wasn't that big, but it was big to military. Mm. So, and Dow, Dow um, forced me to hand over patent rights to them. Here's what they said. All we have to do is modify it a little bit. They send spies to the International Science Fair. And so Dow, I, I can't prove this except my family knows, my grandfather knows, but we signed it away for $250. I said, take the $250 or we'll, or we'll take it anyway. That's how it went. So it's, the CIA is all entangled with the, these young, we call ourselves whiz kids. And I, I've met some of them where we know who each other are because we would keep running into each other in different um, meetings or uh, mentioning, not that we saw each other physically necessarily, but we were in the same kind of programs. So that background is, is I got to know Knut Mickelson. By the way, that's not his real name. We don't even know what it is. You will not find it anywhere. Yeah. But here's this whole newspaper article about him. But Knut told me, now, when he was posing as a spy for Hitler, his family denounced him. His country denounced him. But yet they found out who he was. They put him in a concentration camp. They were going to kill him. This man courageously escaped to live to tell the tale. So anyway, as he's telling me all this, I'm like, ah, oh, this is incredible. And... He's telling me how much he he wants to fight. Uh, he sees that the uh, various scientists are being steered to do whatever the government wants. That's stuck in my head. He said, whatever you do, you know, you may have to pose as for them, but secretly be against them. So he showed me different things. They call it trade craft. So I learned just because he was... I was a cute little girl and, and I was interested and and he's an old man now, you know, <laughs> and not that old, but I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he had somebody to talk to who was who understood what he was saying about radiobiology and all that because I knew it. And, I mean, thank God I knew it. So here we we're here's Lee Oswald and I meet him. They have sent him to um, intercept me because I got there early and there was no one to guide me. And you're not going to send an ugly old man or something to go and say, hey, listen to me. Your doctors are out of town. You have to No, they sent someone who could entertain. I mean, take me around. Mm -hmm. He was so good with the women. I want to tell you, <laughs> you know, he started his career in the CIA. Um, accidentally, he encountered some, not accidentally, they, they were pretty much training him. But for sure, they started using, got him tailored suits to wear, gave him money. And he's interviewing these sex pots, you know, these beautiful Japanese women. Mm -hmm. And they're in Tokyo, not where he is, is at Sugi. And he comes back with information. And he contracted, as it says, in the line of duty, a, <laughs> a uh, sexual disease, okay? <clears throat> well, I learned that from other people. <laughs> he didn't tell me that, but... <laughs> <laughs> he told me a lot of things because he didn't have that many people he could talk to. Yeah. Remember, I said I knew tradecraft, I knew the lingo and stuff, because everything that Knut told me, I kept 
Canute stayed about 10 days and and was just tutoring me on on you know how I can be and uh, that I should serve my country but be aware that there were enemies of the country they're embedded just like he embedded among the Nazis so after that well upon meeting Lee I uh, flirted with him because I didn't see a ring on his left hand and then uh oh there it was on his right hand <laughs> I said wow you must have been married to Soviet Union or like in Hungary or something like that because everybody there Soviets and the, their satellites and so on, their ring is on their right hand. And that's where Lee wore his wedding ring. And he said, wow. I said, well, my family called me Judefsky because ever since I was seven years old, I've been writing and learning about communism. And I've been reading the poetry, the wonderful poetry, the wonderful book. He said, what? He said, that's what I've been so intrigued about, too, you know. He said, have you read The Idiot? I said, I've written a poem. And I, I recited a poem for him about Mishkin, the main character in The Idiot. He said, he said, I don't know anybody, he said, here in New Orleans. He said, tell me more about yourself. I said, well, I like to shoot. I, I love horses. Um, I'm a survivor. I can take worms and make them taste like hamburger. Uh, you may name it. I'm excited to do anything. And I'm up for it. I'm up for all this. I had won four medals in athletics. It wasn't just that I was intellectually interesting, but also that I was, he said something sort of plaintive. He said, I was, um, it was necessary for me. Now, they understand it took a while to get this out of him. Yeah. And this didn't happen all at once. I have to compress things. No, you're good. But imagine, he, yeah, we have, <laughs> Lee is telling me that he basically had fallen in love with a girl over there in the USSR in Belarus in Minsk. But she turned him down, and there was a. They brought in these KGB basically brought in a beautiful woman, pretty beautiful, and wearing a bright bright red dress. And, and um, we have Ernst Tedovitz, who's written a wonderful book about uh, Lee uh, Oswald. He was his best friend. For, by the way, for people to say, why would I, with my high IQ, be interested? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply in stupid Lee Oswald. Well, he's only made stupid by the media and by those who were framing him. The man was brilliant in, in for example, in his Russian. His Belarusian Russian, which had that accent, is sort of like um, John F. Kennedy had a Boston accent, yeah. but it was perfect English. Yeah. But still, it was different. Yeah. Well, Lee Oswald spoke this different kind of Russian, which was perfect, but his wife, who spoke the high class Russian that was way over to the West, okay, in Leningrad would make fun of him. Okay. And that made George and Warren Schilt angry. George and Warren Schilt was CIA connected mm -hmm. and he was Hitler connected way back, all kinds of spy stuff going on. But he was on the social register. He dated Jackie Kennedy's mother, George, and that's Lee's best friend in Dallas, is the guy who's, who, 
Jackie Kennedy calls Uncle George. And this guy is a monster? That his connections are loaded like that with people, who, including Bobby Kennedy and so on. So it just, so here's, anyway, so here's Lee telling me, well, I had to basically get married and, and we liked each other and KGB wanted it. So in six weeks, which is unheard of, they got their permit and get married. And they only had a couple of days. He, but she visited him when he was in the hospital, when he had his, uh, not tonsils. They're trying to say he couldn't have had his tonsils removed twice. No, he had his adenoids removed the second time. Lee told me, oh, he opened his mouth and let me see it, <laughs> you know, um, because I said, I'm concerned. Do you have any implants on you or anything like that? No, he doesn't. He didn't. Okay. See, I say he doesn't because in, in my heart, it's like he's still alive. Yeah. That's why I say he doesn't because I can see it right in front of my eyes. Everything we're talking about, I have that kind of memory. And anyway, so we get to know each other a little better. And he has, has said nobody to talk to. And I find out that he is here in New Orleans for several reasons. One, to make a training film. Now, that's very important because the training film was seen by an important member of the House Special Select Committee on Assassinations, HSCA. His name is Robert Tannenbaum. He is on record that he saw the film, and the denouncers say he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, a third party, well, I told them about the trading film and what I had seen because Lee, when they were they were actually um, putting portions of it together, okay, splicing it. When I was in David Ferry's house, and Lee said I was working on mouse stuff, always mouse stuff. But uh, they called. He called me. Said come. He said. He called me Jay in front of other people. It wasn't Judithki. He'd say Jay. And a lot of people didn't know a girl was involved because they thought it was J-A-Y. Mm. David Ferry called me Jay all the time. And people, because he was homosexual, they had no idea I was a girl. You know, mm. anybody ever talked about me. There are things like that that really saved me, you know, later. But anyway, by the way, G uh, Judithki, he said, he said, that's not right. That's not correct. Russian. It's supposed to be Judithki. I mean, Judith Key, not Judith C. Judith okay, Key. so he would call me Judith Key. Okay. Okay. I hope this is interesting yeah, to I'm, you. I'm, I'm riveted. Keep talking. Okay, all right. Okay, there's uh, plenty to talk about, keep and going. I don't want to you know, no, waste keep, your time. Keep, you're not, you're right. never wasting my time, Judith. Keep going. Okay. I, I care a lot about people, and if they got to understand that uh, it, when they realized that they could vilify Lee and make up all kinds of stories about him and lie about him and get away with it. They started doing that with Martin Luther King. They did it with Bobby Kennedy. They've done that all ever since. The people installed since Kennedy was taken out were are actually approved by the, I'll have to say the cartel. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's because they, a lot of them are financed by drugs through CIA pilots and flights coming in. Why? The CIA cannot tell the Congress what they're doing to get money for something because then it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. So they would pick up all these drugs and they'd resell them to get money. Yeah. And then they might, oh yes, they might go ahead and, and um, arrest them, you know, send them over to the FBI. But he, they didn't do much at the FBI. Why? Because Hoover, we called him Mrs. Hoover. Because um, Clyde Tolson was his lover. And they had pictures of Mrs. Hoover all dressed up. 
and doing the thing with uh, Clyde, you know, mm. the mafia did. So you th- if you think they're going to wipe out all the drug deals going on, and this has gotten worse and worse and worse until look what we have today. Our whole beautiful country, our beautiful people have been contaminated, especially the poor soldiers coming back from war after war after money-making war. They come back and they're all messed up and they've already been initiated into using drugs overseas and they keep on doing it. They're homeless on the streets. Our kids went as kids. They came back as bums, hooked on drugs. And the CIAs, there are more poppies being grown now in Afghanistan than ever before in history because of us. The Taliban move in and they mow that stuff down. They don't like the drugs, but it's a losing battle. So, I mean, we are the great drug and war nation of the world. And this is my country and I love my country. I love the people. I don't love what's happened to our us. And we can go into COVID. I will actually tell you that that is absolutely related to the destruction of our country. Let's go into it. Because the there's an overwhelming number of, shall we call them elite, they don't care what country they're in. Yeah, transnational. It's like if you tell me Walmart cares about our country, yeah, that's six billionaires or whatever that are you know, yeah. that have made money. Yeah, they don't care where they live. No, they don't care. They don't. Yeah, no, they're they're well, transnational. They don't have a country. We, I ha- I'm going to put in a word for Musk and I for anybody out there that hates Musk. I spent a year in Austin, and looking into him because. I are going to trust this man or he's one of them. He is not one of them. He stood up and he did not go to the World Economic Forum. Now he tweets that I uh, I might go later. I've been there before. It said we don't want him to die. All right. Put it that way. But the fact that he stood up that in front of those Saudis on screen didn't come to their world government thing. But all the big chops went to stands up there and says, with balls of steel, so help me, he says. <laughs> and it's so important. Yeah. Well, he's a man of steel in many ways. Tesla's steel, that's for sure. The new truck coming in is like no steel you've ever known. I was looking at what they're doing. It's magnificent. But anyway, that's beside the point. That man stands there and says, don't do a world government. Because, yeah. you know, basically, if you have a one world government, it goes bad. He said, look what happened to Rome. They went down and said, and he knows there are Muslims out there, and they're good men. There, I, I know many Saudis. I mean, I did when I was in school and everything. And I dated one <laughs> uh, when I was, you know, before I knew Lee and, and my fiance and so on. In fact, he had a, I'm going to, just to show you how I am and how I kept my reputation, the man puts me in, in his beautiful Ferrari. And he's, his special way to lock, I can't get out. I kicked the windshield out. <laughs> after that he was <laughs> after that he was interested in me <laughs> and took me yeah had respected me yeah all right all right yeah so okay so i'm a little feisty and all that but i really admired men i i still do i believe that man and woman is the most magnificent like lee said i said are you gay or anything like that because he had he came back from the gay bar he said i've got to collect information for the fbi I have and people that are most compromised are gays. They're always ch- uh, telling on each other because they're fighting with each other all the time. Fair enough. And so you can get information from them. Yeah. 
because he says they're, they're stool pigeons on each other, you know. He said, please give me some kisses to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, just straighten me out. Is the way you straighten, put it. <laughs> straighten me out. That, that's pretty funny. Straighten me out, yeah. It was so cute. And I said, how many? He said, many, many. <laughs> how many kisses? He said, many, many. <laughs> like that. So I'm trying to give you a little of his personality. Sure. sure. So he's... Uh, what uh, he was able to get information. What is he doing this for? Because we're a project to kill Castro. I, I didn't even know that at first. You understand that when I was invited to New Orleans by Dr. Alton Oxner, by the way, I've mentioned all these names. Nobody's ever tried to sue me. They do not want these this can of worms opened, okay? If I were not telling the truth, they would be suing the heck out of me. I mean, it's not, it's not fair that Oxner's... Uh, Hospital today, he's not getting certain donations because I spoke out about what happened back then. That's not the same hospital anymore. I'm not trying to in indicate that today's hospital is anything like 60 years ago. But the fact of the matter is, is they were involved in, in the methods, uh, different methods they were trying to kill Fidel Castro, period. That's the way it was. And we're in New Orleans, Castro knows darn well that we have training camp out there. We have fake training camp too. A lot of, you'll see over and over again that the uh, CIA and sometimes the FBI will come out and show us some new files, which are not new. They just opened up one name, let us see one extra name and all the rest is still redacted, yeah. which is against the law. Understand folks that the JFK Act that came out after the movie JFK by Oliver Stone it enjoined by law that by 2017, we were supposed to have all of the files released and no redactions. Well, they keep releasing them all right, but they keep, they keep, the redactions are still there. They may release one name. One of the good things they did in 2017 is release 500 pages or so on a gentleman called Raul Aparicio. Fortunately for us, the CIA no longer understands what names are important and which are not. And they've got this huge file. Oh, we'll put this one out, out here, 500 pages. Nobody knows him. And that 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 looks good because it shows we're releasing thousands of files. Yeah. They didn't know that that was an important name. That was a contact for Lee Oswald in Mexico City. Raul and Lapa. I knew about the man. What was it? Say the name again. Raul Aparicio. Aparicio. He was the cultural attache for the Cuban embassy. Now, they only show most of the time where he was at the consulate to get his, uh, this, um, he was after a transit visa, okay? The transit visa, it's just like today. You're in a, you're in a, uh, you might be in Paris, but you're, I mean, you're in the Paris airport. You're not Paris, real Paris. You're there in a transit because you're on your way to Luxembourg, say. But you can meet somebody there. See, Lee Oswald wanted to meet someone there because things fell through. It's a long story. It is in the book. My over 500 pages there. And it's, I have more evidence than ever of all the different things that happened. So much that, that it's, uh, it's I, I can't tell you everything that's going on, but I'm backing up. Everything I'm saying is backed up and I have files and why Aparicio was so important, but they didn't know it. They released this thinking it was junk. But Lee knew that Aparicio could get him a visa in one day. They're, they were given to artists 
authors, uh, artists, writers, uh, people that had, had a one day or one night stand or just stay a few days in Cuba. All they wanted was a transit visa to hand off this biological weapon to the Cubans. We now recognize, we now recognize that we don't think the CIA ever wanted that handed off to the Cubans. We think that was a ploy that was used to like try out, you know, see how this can work. And they use someone that they could dispose of easily. They got him down there with that, but he, I don't, nobody showed up to hand it off. And that's why he tried himself to get, we know that Lee Oswald was not prepared to go into Cuba. You know how we know that? They're trying to say, oh, he tried to get his transit visa. Oh, he cares so much, you know? Oh, he tried so hard. Oh, really? If he tried so hard, why is it that after he was sent back to Dallas, he never brought it up again for the rest of his life because the project was over. It was finished. Now, when he was down there, they, the excuse they gave is, well, Castro can't go up and get his polio shot because they probably would have put it in the polio shot. He's not going to get his x-rays that he gets every year and all that because Hurricane Flora is coming along. So he's dispersed everybody. So, well, then Lee told me, well, then why didn't they tell me? Why did he stick out there like hanging in the wind to dry out? Well, we now believe that this, that when he stopped in Houston and got on a bus there, he had been everywhere. It's, it's not like it's described by the Warren Commission at all. Okay. But at that time, he gave the vial, it was in a thermos. It looked like lunch. You look inside, it looked like chicken. You could actually taste it and it wouldn't have hurt you. Cancer cells are adhering to the glass inside. Hmm. It tastes almost like chicken soup. Okay, and, it, and we used a different uh, color indicator instead of pink, okay, that turns to yellow. We had a yellow that turned to pink as it got older and had to have the fluid change. So it looked, it would have passed inspection along with a banana. And you see that people are saying, oh, he's eating bananas on the trip there, <laughs> you know, all this kind of thing. So he's got his lunch, and that's where packets of sugar are actually packets of medium to make new medium. He has two thermoses. The other thermos is sterile water. You pour this packet in. You can you can use an enzyme called trypsin to release all the cancer cells after you pour that in that goes back into the new one. So you can he could do that once. Notice that Lee Oswald tells the Russians, I have a big problem. They're, the FBI is after me. He laid a gun out and that's on record. And he said, I have to use this to protect myself. The FBI is after me. Lee and I, the reason for this that puzzled everybody, and I'm jumping around a lot, no, but I'm no, trying to show you instances. Nope, keep going. Okay. Okay. So you'll see that he says they're after me and, uh, uh, you know, the FBI is because Lee and I were going to be informants for the CIA and had to pretend to be pro-Russian that the FBI was after us. That's why he did that. I was supposed to come down and meet him. The very day Lee crossed over the border in the, to go to Mexico City, Alexander Rourke and Jeffrey Sullivan were supposed to pick me up over at Eglin Air Force Base. On their way from uh, Belize, uh, I think that's where they uh, were anyway. It in, it's a straight shot. You look on a map right over to Eglin Air Force Base. But something was the matter. They said the plane tried to land a couple of times. People saw that. We believe somebody would hijack the plane and force them to, to fly over Cuban waters. And they were shot down the same day. They were supposed to pick me up in the same day that Lee crosses the border. That's when Jeffrey Sullivan 
and Alexander Rourke went missing. We've got all this stuff that, that why it is a connection because they knew each other, of course. And Lee told me all about that. I can, it takes hours, it takes about 40 hours to explain everything. I'm trying to compress some of these ideas so you can see what's going on. So here we are in New Orleans. Lee Oswald has been brought in. This project we're working on, they designate him to take it into Mexico City. Raul Aparicio, the po point here is that we had the records for 1960, 1961. Well, no, some of references to 1960, 1961, 1962, 1964, and 1965, but nothing for 1963. And the day that Lee was supposed to meet him, he goes and talks to her name is, um, uh, well, I don't want to get into it. He talked to a lady and, and she's very important, okay? And because uh, who, of who she was, her name is Teresa Proenza, P-R-O-E-N-Z-A. <clears throat> now they were already, CIA already had her in their spotlights, you know, in their binoculars or whatever. Because they, they, she is working with the, with Raúl Aparicio, who is the cultural attaché, who looks like was maybe unwitting, but he was a CIA asset. He is sending all kinds of CIA people on emergency passports, uh, that is transit ones at least, uh, visas just temporary. You know, they can stay two weeks or whatever for artists, as I said, and all this. And Lee is a photographer. Now on his passport. I saw his passport with my own eyes, which and it connects to this. So that's why I'm mentioning it. On his passport application that, that turned into his passport, you'll see it, that he it has um, left it blank. Lee left it blank. The person who filled in and signed it, his name was Charles Thomas, but he writes that he's Arthur Young. They flew him in to expedite Lee's passport. I met the man, shook his hands. He had tattoos on his fingers. So I was able to locate the family because he said he was married to a Chittimacha Indian. And the only Chittimachas in the whole world are right, right near or New Orleans. Okay. And I was able to locate the family and prove to them that I knew this man had met him. It's very important because Charles Thomas, a.k.a. Arthur Young, signed with magenta ink, and I wasn't able to prove this until finally on, on the internet, they finally showed this in color, his application. Lee's is in the regular ballpoint pen, uh, black, uh, dark blue, you know. But his are in magenta ink, and there under the line, Lee said, fill it in any way you want. He put photographer in that Young did. Lee didn't even put it in, he did. On the same application, it says, where are you, what places you're going to visit? Now, this man had come back from 30 months. He has to hand in his old passport. It is covered with Soviet stamps. And this one says he intends to go back to the USSR, to Finland, to Holland. Okay, he's going to go to Poland. You've got to understand, I mean, that was a, that was a Soviet country, just like it says USSR. They, they, the man gets his passport stamped in 24 hours when it says he's going at the height of the Cold War. Now that's not all. It says where you where the fat where he married, 
He doesn't want the records exactly of Marina to come out when they got married and all that. It's protection. He puts April 31st, 1961. And that passes. There is no April 31st. That's <laughs> right on the record. You know, I had to point that out for 40 years, all these so-called researchers that all their, you know, they're using magnifying glasses. They never noticed. They never once. But I saw it with my own eyes. So I pointed it out just a few years ago. Nobody even noticed. But Lee showed it to me. He was laughing. He said, you know, I could put down my name as Santa Claus. And he still would have stamped it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that gives you an idea of the confidence Lee had in them. Hmm. And they had in him. And yet they... See how easy it was then to frame him. Mm. Why? Because he'd been in the USSR. They could say he was a communist. In the USSR, this is a fact, and even the, they have admitted, oh, the Russians have, and it's in Ernst Titovitz's book that I was telling you about. Oh, and people have said, come on, why would somebody with your IQ be interested in a stupid guy like him? I mean, he's stupid. He leaves his gun there. He shoots from his own built. Yeah, all the things that were used to frame leaders. I've used a crazy gun that isn't very, you know, he was a lucky shot and all yeah. that. Why would I be? Let's forget about his excellent past as a spy <laughs> that I found, was able to find out because I knew the trade craft language. I had been, my the military officers had me signed up. I could speak some Russian and read Russian. Now, why wouldn't he think I was with him with CIA with all the stuff that I knew, you see? There was just too much. I was supposed to be on the unwitting side, but he, and it's, it's, uh, he's only 23, you know, with all that I can do and say, you think, wow, they got us together. You know, we're both on the same team. I, I, I became, had to be put on the secret side of things because it wasn't his fault. This need to know thing, they did not give him enough information for him to come any other kind of conclusion, you know, hmm. just come meet her, keep her out of trouble till we get there, you know, because why I had moved into the Y. WCA, and I was there two weeks early. My doctors were out of town. I thought I was going to get steak dinner. Everything was great. No. Instead, uh, who are you? <laughs> it was like that. Oh, no. Uh, I, I didn't want to go home. And it's in my book. Why? Uh, I had an abusive home and all that. My father tried to, to kidnap me and tried to, to uh, keep me from going to college. Uh, Senator Smathers had to sneak me in, which was illegal. Uh, by the way, Senator Smathers, knowing I had a little bank account where that could have been seen, of all of my banks in Florida, he buys two. And one is the little bank in Brandon, Florida, where my account was. He didn't want anybody to know about. Smathers as dirty as they come. Okay, just as dirty as they come. And uh, betrayed uh, Kennedy and everything. There's, there's, oh, there's a lot I know. I'm going to be I'm making a deposition in a little while with two lawyers. And under oath and everything and be and talking about this because it has to get on the record somewhere. So anyway, here's Lee Oswald, and he has to go to Mexico City with this material. On the way there in Houston, Texas, where he gets on a bus to go over to Laredo, and then he's gonna cross over and go to Mexico City. They hand him a fresh batch. They say, here, use this instead, and they take it. We now believe that's how Lee actually couriered it to MD Anderson Hospital in Texas. And that's how it got out of the hands of Oxner and all the people that were taking care of it. We realized, uh, we, Lee and I talked about this, come on, if they've got it, CIA's got it. Because 
how would they know about what that he was going to be there at that time and so on only the cia knew he'd be at the, this particular spot a gas station where we were supposed to pick up uh, more information anyway it's a long story on that and i wasn't with him on that trip now remember i was going to meet him uh jeffrey sullivan and and uh for alexander rourke he thought i knew alexander in the beginning because he saw me sending off a letter that was to it wasn't a Rourke, it was our Rourke, but it was cursive. And he thought I was sending a letter off for Alexander when it was to rally Rourke, who was a friend of my fiance, <laughs> but it was the same place, Eglin Air Force Base. Okay. And the and I was asking about Mr. Robert A. Baker, Eglin Air Force Base. Anyway, to make a long story short, I don't want to get too far afield. Uh, anyway, they, he, really thought I was involved with secret agent Robert A. Baker in Florida when it was my fiance. Mm. But all these little things came together. My speaking Russian, my knowing all these things and coming in there telling him to take care of me and watch over me, you know, because they're out of town. He's in this project to protect because he understands that he can pose as pro-Castro. He can attract and find out who Castro's spies are. That's why he's handing out flyers and making a big show of all this. And then, yes, he did round up some. And it was the FBI doing this. They were taking photos of the people dealing with him. Never doing it when he's there, not arresting when he's there. That that would give it up. But the clue is that every time when he's putting out flyers, it's to a different address. Once they respond to flyers at one address, they can't use it again because it looks like a trap. He changed his address to a different address. So he, he begins with 544 Camp Street, right on top of anti-Castro guy, guy Bannister. He's just around the corner of the same building. I've been in that building. Okay. I met Bannister. Bannister had the most incredible gun. It had his initials on it. It was like pearl-handled uh, magnum that kept right here. You could you couldn't miss it. Okay. It was scary looking. He was scary looking. Yeah. Um, pretty much did it right uh, in the movie JFK. They sure didn't get David Ferry right. David's voice was much deeper. I have a recording of his voice. He, I, Dave's um, was taller <laughs> and he was a heck of a lot smarter than, than what uh, uh, we have, uh, what that was uh, being played by Danny DeVito. Okay, but he did his best, you know. So anyway, here we are. So Lee has, has to uh, hand this over. Now we have documents that came out in 2017 because they thought didn't think they were important again. Showing MD Anderson in October. Now this is the end of September. We're talking about October 1st is when Lee returns from Mexico City. Okay, he's been there less than a week. All this bad stuff has happened. And he could stay. If he were really interested in transit visa, he would stay and, and meet apparition. But he says something interesting. It's on record. He tells the Soviets, please get me a visa. I only have three days. It's right there in the record, three days. Well, my friend, his passport, uh, his visa, that is, tourist visa, showed he had 10 days left. Why did he say three? Because the bioweapon was a living organism, and by after three days, it would be dead. 
He couldn't keep it alive any longer in a glass bottle like that. So he said, I've got three days. After that's over, uh, you'll see Sylvia Duran, uh, relatives say, we saw him at the twist party, but he wasn't acting very, he was glum and by himself. Everything's failed by then. The, 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 by then, it's died. You can't hand it off to anybody. He knows he's going to be sent back to Dallas when he was supposed to stay. Stay in Mexico. We were going to have new names. That's why everything was set up and everything got ruined. And and, and I, I have no right, you know, to Mexico. And I'm not going to go there without him. They promised him that he would be able to set, be sent back. We could start our new life. Oh, it was going to be wonderful right after Christmas. They just, that's why he took a temporary job at the Texas School Book Depository instead of a permanent one. Okay. They're laying people off all the time. It was all that reason. So here he is, and he has to come back. And the desolation, because he knows he's being set up, everything is falling into place. He has enough contacts that he told me in our last conversation. You know, I'm not that stupid, he said, but let me, let me tell you, my life has already been worth living. And I said, what do you mean? By the way, on Twitter, I like to put life's worth living. It's in honor of him. And that's where I put medical information to help people. You can see that at Judith on Twitter. Anyway, he said, life's worth living because I believe I saved Kennedy's life three weeks ago. Well, now I tried to tell people about that in, in 1999. Fortunately, James Douglas and the great Abraham Bolden, somebody I've met personally, I just love him to pieces. He's very old now and in bad shape, but he got pardoned by um, last year. A pardon means that you really are guilty of something. He wasn't guilty, he was framed. But he was trying to tell everybody the Secret Service was lax and let Kennedy die. They broke rules, they were drinking, they, and they were also discriminating against blacks. They got him kicked out. Kennedy. Put him in. He was the very first black Secret Service agent for really? the Kennedy detail, they call it. Yeah, the very first. And he ended up, they put him in a psychiatric ward after he spoke out and all that. Anyway, he's an honorable, wonderful life. God bless him. Except he can't get money for his books that are being sold. They're holding his money back, which is, that's what happened. I'm having problems that way, too, as I told you before this broadcast started. Uh, they they want to make you as poor as possible. And, you know, I hope that you have to live bad and you can't dress well and you can't fix your hair. And then they can say you're just a bum, you know, or whatever. But anyway, I'm going on 80 and I'm still here and I'm going to fight to the end. So I will. I mean, that's the way it is. It's got to be that way. I love him. Why in heck people would say one of the best reasons I can show that I knew him is that what, if I have all this information on which I do, lots of things we haven't even started to talk about. Maybe I can come back another time. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, this material I've got, it proves that I knew him. And I was approached by a movie company. He said, we can make you a millionaire. All you have to do, and they were serious, you know, put all this out. You tell people that we'll have a movie and we'll show how he fooled you and mm. made, made you think that he was on the right side and then went on to kill Kennedy and broke your heart and you'll be a millionaire. I'll tell you what broke my heart, that my country would go and take a great patriot that Lee Oswald was, who risked his life because Abraham Bolden 
And James Douglas and I, all three of us now agree that it, a man named Lee told the FBI about our men that were going to kill Kennedy in Chicago. And Kennedy called the trip off, saved mm. his life. And I'm pr so proud of Lee because he said, now that I've done that, he said, they're on my case. He said, I can't even get free from them a minute. They're following me everywhere. He said, I'm not going to survive. He said, they're going to kill me. Yeah. They're probably going to kill me in my own, he said, in my own uh, place of work. And they'll put a rifle in my hands and say, that's the rifle that shot Kennedy. And people say, well, why didn't he run out and, and stop the motorcade? Because he was in what's... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Follow the board team. The board team, would, uh, depending on who was available, uh, they couldn't go and knock a gun out of somebody's hands. That that would give them that would give them away, and they'd all be wiped out too. Mm -hmm. But they would stand in lines of fire. They would uh, throw a firecracker maybe to to uh, uh, distract. They might uh, shine a, a mirror into the gunman's face. They'll do anything like that to stop. But they got there too late, and. You don't disrupt these other people. You want them all to die, you know, then there's nobody to help Kennedy. So he has to do his part. And it's not fair to say he didn't run out there because he knew what was going Not really. It could have been at Dealey Plaza. It could have been at, it also could have been at Love Field. And it certainly could have been at part at the um, the uh, center there, the trademark center. All right. This is so complex. I have so much. I have tons of information and I pray that people will start taking this serious as far as I'm, I'm talking about bioweapons. Because what we did back then wasn't that hard. It, start, it, it started with Dr. Alton Ochsner when he, he had his little grandson and his older little sister, okay, brought in the press. He was uh, at Cutter Laboratories, is one of those making the polio vaccine. And we have brilliant people that were involved, that, uh, that were working on this. They, they've been silenced. This vaccine is fine. We have put a lot of money into it. We already told everybody we're putting it out there. He shoots this polio vaccine into his grandson and to his granddaughter. The grandson's dead in 11 days. And she has polio and is crippled. Now, that's when Dr. Oxner recognized that he had been assured by doctors he trusted. And then it formulated his head as he, as he and Dr. Mary Sherman, my friend, Dr. Mary, we call her, because you don't use last names in this thing. So we have Dr. Mary, and that's who she is. She was viciously mutilated. Her arm was completely missing, burned, stabbed with clothes set on fire on her and they said that's her arm burned off no it happened somewhere else all right it's so disgusting 
that she is front page news the very day the Warren Commission came to New Orleans to get testimonies. And she was brave enough that she would have stood up there and told them what happened. Instead, she's a smoldering mass of cooked flesh with stab wounds. And you know, nobody who knew anything about this going on dared say that they understood. Yeah. She, they're found naked. She was found naked. So was David Ferry found naked. So was David Guy Bannister. It's, all of it is is so disgusting to me because they use a modus operandi, so you know it's them doing it. Excuse me, I'm not. I am a human, and it, I've lost my friends over this. You're fine. People I trusted, people who loved our country. I saw Lee shot for my eyes. Uh, can we take a, a little break, just a minute? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can. Okay. Do you want me you to want, go ahead and talk? Let me. Let me. Um, let me cool down a little bit. Okay, I can. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll mute it. I'm gonna stop your video. I'm just gonna. Okay. You're just gonna go dark and. Uh, yeah, just give me a. Just give we'll me just a break get back for a, in minute. a minute. Okay. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it makes sense. Okay. Well, uh, for everybody listening, uh, Judith is gonna take a, a one minute break. I'm going to run to the restroom real quick um, because this is live. Uh, it's just going to run. So if anybody is watching and you too want to use the restroom, I suppose do that. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. And I'm going to turn on the heat. think that was a little longer than a minute i apologize and uh let's get this thing going ask to start video ask to unmute there she is uh judith if you can hear me you're uh, you're muted there I we just are got back. there we are good so i i 
for everybody to watch. It's it's a little tricky because now that the shows are uh, now that the shows are live, I have to find a way to to gracefully fit in a, a bathroom break. So whereas I used to just be able to run, now I got to uh, you know <laughs> that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, right? Yeah, yeah. So now it's just like people are watching, and it's like, well, I gotta, I'm right back. I gotta go to the bathroom. So um, but we're back, and um, uh, yeah, I just uh, it I I get. You're quite feeling right. sick to my stomach talking about you're, this. You're That's why right. I had to take a break so I I can keep going. You know. You are quite all right. It 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 happens. <clears> I've <throat> I've it's happened before with guests. It's quite all right. You are only human. <laughs> Tommy, so what now? I've given some ideas here, but now maybe you can I, ask. I, some I really questions. yeah sure no I specifically <clears throat> I kind of want to go yes. into the uh, if you could maybe flesh out more the how he saved Kennedy in Chicago there there's some want to piece together is there is a Dealey Plaza-esque conspiracy to go down in Chicago yes. Lee found out by yeah. again kind of like the fake defector program by being one of the bad guys and he was able to tip off that well it uh, let me tell you how it happened okay. it's 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 a it's remarkable first and important we have a nexus going on here Dr. Mary Sherman was from Chicago. Yeah, I mean, she went to the University of Chicago and all that. She had a lot of people very uh, that she had worked with. That I, Dr. Harold Urey, University of Chicago, and uh, someone who I knew, uh, we had some connections there. Lee felt um, that they could be probed to find out what the situations were, because of finding out there was very lack of security uh, where Kennedy appeared just before Chicago. Okay. And it was of great concern to him. He put it like this. And he said, I made an oath as a Marine. And I'm never, and you're always a Marine, he said. You're always a Marine. So I made an oath to obey my president. He said, I can't obey a dead president. That's why he put it. Fair enough. And he had this way of thinking about things. <clears throat> also, at that time, I was an atheist. He wasn't quite one. I just want to insert this because to see where he's coming from. He said, I'm a reluctant uh, atheist, or maybe I am a re reluctant agnostic. He said, but the way I look at it, he said, all these religions say they heard from God. And they, you know, they have this version and that version. He said, that means God's not a good communicator. Therefore, I am not responsible. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> now, that is not a stupid man. No. I mean, that's smart. So, I mean, he was impressing me all the time with these these observations, you know, and I was just saying, wow, I mean, this guy, he's he's brilliant, and he remembers almost everything he read. He'd read everything. I mean, he'd read all of Shakespeare by then, and just like me, he'd read the Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know how much, how good his retention rate was, but he had dyslexia, and he did it to overcome it. He became a very quick reader despite his dyslexia. I mean, when you see a nine and you don't know whether it's a nine or a six, you see an H and you don't know whether that is a Y or an H. Yeah. It's not that easy. Yeah. It's really, I, I just admired him and he felt embarrassed all the time because of his misspelling. Now here's something interesting. Now I'll get back to Chicago. Um, he, I was present when he wrote his FPCC letters. We have a researcher out there saying, what is this? We see his letters, and the other letters are, show his misspellings and difficulties. But these FPCC letters, 
there aren't any hardly any misspellings. What's going on? Well, I was there correcting him. That's what. <laughs> you know, I said, you know, I couldn't always couldn't catch them all because yeah. I'm sitting next to him. You know, but I said uh, he'd ask me how do you spell that, and I tell him. You know. Okay. So there you have FPCC letters, Fair Play for Cuba committee letters that he wrote to VT Lee, who is the his name is Lee too, so it's easy to remember all these Lee connections from me. Just put him in a mnemonic, you know, put him in a poem, uh, which I did. I memorized almost everything Lee said by linking these things together and going over them every year at Thanksgiving. I did not want this man's words to be forgotten, not after what he did, not after all the lies. I just wanted to stay alive long enough to someday talk about it, and I'm ashamed that I didn't speak up sooner. But I have found witnesses there. The latest witness, by the way, is just a child uh, then. She was, but Lee and I, I love kids. And she was with her grandma, who's my blind lady. And she's told two conferences now that how Lee helped her mow the yard and how he helped me. He did help me and, and Susie Hanover, this big cranky thing. We, the washing machine had a ringer washer. You have to put, squeeze the water and it's hard work and Lee would do that for us he'd come over and do it he was only five minute walk away okay we made sure we lived close to each other because we were in love by then she said I saw Lee there so much I thought he lived there in my apartment you know she's on live record saying so with hundreds of people so when these eight books have come out and they say that I have no witnesses and all that written years ago. I even then had witnesses, but they wouldn't accept them. They said, well, this one's from the mafia. That doesn't count. Are you kidding? The mafia has given us tremendous information in the past. Or this person here, uh, we don't believe her, okay, because she's she is uh, like, like, oh, because she said something about Bannister that we don't agree with. She says that there, there was a stairway inside in his office that go up the second floor. And we know better. Of course, they never proved that. And I, and I have sketched out that same stairway. It was a pull down. Okay. That's why you could put it up and you wouldn't see it. But they were making it a permanent stairway. They were putting a drywall along the side. So it just looked like a closet. You'd open that up and go right up the stairs. Hmm. So that's what they had. And just because they never saw it, therefore it never existed, according to them. You know, how many times were they inside Bannister's office? I was. I was brought in because Bannister had to know about me because we were seeing each other a lot. And I was being, I was posing as Marina Oswald. Now, interestingly enough, we can go into more detail. Maybe someday we'll do that. But right now, back to Chicago. So we have Mary Sherman is hailing from Chicago. We have, not everybody in the CIA is ugly and horrible, or the FBI. Lee had trusted contacts. Yeah, who cared? And through various means of people he did trust in the end, he was really betrayed, maybe because somebody would have been killed if they didn't betray him. Who knows? At any rate, it was through that and through David Ferry. And let me explain about David. David had to pretend to be anti-Castro, uh, uh, of course, but he was anti-Kennedy. And I may have spoken to you last time about the fact that he stood up in front of a new group of military officers. These were all retired. Mm -hmm. They came from several states. It was their very first meeting. He gets up there and says, I know that this so-and-so, you know, somebody needs to go and shoot him from behind a bush. He's in an open car. They need to kill him. And they forced him off the stage. 
And then after every the meeting was over, he's hiding behind a curtain when you go, we don't want anybody to see him, you know. They come behind the curtain, talk to him, say, well, we feel the same way you do. You want to help us? Because this man, David Ferry, was so important. They had him for their keynote speaker for the very first meeting. So he was no little bitsy nothing. He was an important man to the military. And he was able to get information and pass it on to Lee. And Lee asked for it. And since he had all these connections all over, so you put it all together, and Lee was able to get enough information to save Kennedy's life in Chicago. And he didn't brag. He said, I believe I saved his life. He didn't say I did. Yeah. He didn't say, look what I did. He said it's calmly, you know, at least I did that. My life has been worth living. That's what he said. And then he knew that so, he knew that there was no getting. Oh, they were shadowing him. him. They wouldn't give him a minute to himself. Yeah. So he knew that that was, that probably did it in for him. That's what he said. He said that. But he said, if I run, he said, if I were the coward in July, he said this, because in July, he realized they were advancing him. And his handler at that time, James Jesus Angleton from, you mm -hmm. know, from CIA uh, his defection. Well, when I first said that, they said, there's no way that Angleton would be interested in him. <laughs> At any rate, it's uh, so July, it just outright, excuse my laughter, because I, fine. They, they, they say these bald-faced lies. You know, I mean, and they're saying they had no operational interest in Lee Oswald. And are 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 you joking? He went to Minsk. He was there for 30 months and they don't care. He lands at the airport. And nobody's there. You know why? Lee wrote two speeches because he didn't know whether a bunch of reporters would be there. If so, he knew his he'd end up in jail or something. His life was completely over for the CIA. But no, you see, I think even by then they were setting him up. Nobody showed. It's so he knew then that CIA was still on his side. And that's why he had hope, you know, that we could go to Mexico. We could do all this stuff when they arrived, when he arrived. When in the world's history does a, anybody who's a defector who has been in the newspapers and says, I renounce my citizenship, which he never did, by the way, never signed anything. OK, just just for all the bugs in the embassy to hear. All the Soviets could hear him saying he's renouncing it, okay. all right? When he's in the USSR, this man, this is what Ernst Tedevitz could, uh, just thought was amazing. He defended the United States and refused to become a communist. So, but, but, but how clever, because that means he couldn't possibly be a spy or he wouldn't say that, something like that, would he? Hmm. You see? You see how smart he was? Yeah. Because, of course, he was a spy. But they... Uh, they felt he was a fool. If he was being used as a spy, it was without his knowledge, in other words, you know, they thought. At least that was the impression that he had. And he knew everything was bugged. They bugged his bedroom with his new wife and everything. They knew, he knew that, you know. So the bottom line is, is that Lee was not stupid and played a good game of chess, by the way. He always... Used red. And it's not fair. That's an advantage. You know, white is your advantage. And always using red means right away you might you might lose a few games you might otherwise not. Yeah. And uh, but he'd always play red just because that's Soviet and that's yeah. Russian. Yes, he yeah. did that in the Marines. Yeah. That's his sense of humor. Hmm. So 
I hope I've explained that. Do you have anything else that you would like to comment on? Um, how long, when was the Chicago, when was the Chicago trip supposed to happen in relation to the actual Kennedy assassination in, in November of 63? Just, just from Well, there own... was November 1st, I think, I believe. November oh, okay, 1st so it was right there. Yes, it, it was exactly three weeks before the assassination. I talked to Lee in this last phone call, it was only 37 and a half hours before the assassination. Mm. That's not very, I mean, that's how close. And when I said that, we had people disagreeing with me, said, no, the housekeeper, you know, says he never left the room. He'd go in there and I have taken several tours into the rooming house where Lee stayed, okay, in his little bitty room. And by the way, she always mentions how the sweet things that she said, Lee had such good manners. He was the only one they ever allowed in the kitchen because he always cleaned up perfectly and he was so respectful. They never had done it before and they never did it after with all, all, all the people coming in rooming, but they let him keep his food there and everything and mm -hmm. use their kitchen. That's how nasty a man he was, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> Hell, he person. was charming. He could be, but let's, he could not be charming. He could not make new friends when he's on assignment. If somebody says, let's go get a beer. He can't. He's got to go meet somebody, see? So he had to be standoffish. He had to pretend sure. he was, didn't like people during certain periods. And it wasn't him at all. That's not his real personality. So he had a ball in Russia where he would just be himself. And, and he's dating all these girls. He did the same thing, of course, in Japan and so on. But it was getting very deadly by the time we were hitting... Dallas, Texas, and got very serious. There are things that he did that I even told one person, if you knew everything that Lee did, uh, I talked to someone who said, I know for a fact, because I worked with him, but I can't use his name. These people won't let me. He said, but if I was on a cliff and I had somebody hang on, hang, you know, holding on to me on the rope, so, you know, to pull me up, he said, I would want Lee Oswald. Hmm. That's what he said. And these, some of these guys were nursing homes and things like that. And nobody listens to them, you know, because they're old now. Um, to know this kind of man and his courage has given me the courage to speak out. The impact of lives that have come about like using a good patriot like this. Don't you know the CIA is filled with people who if they, they're they afraid of their own CIA. Yeah. They join because they want to serve their country. And then you find out, well, this gives you, I don't mean license to kill, you have to get pretty high up, but license to play all kinds of dirty tricks and get away with it. And we've got people saying, it's not like I th thought. They, they There are defectors all the time that will tell you. It's dirty and it's not being regulated. It's not being, oh, there's no oversight. In fact, if you try to do something like that, watch out because you may just find somebody knocking at your door. Mm. It's uh, when I first spoke out, my son came over to the apartment where I was because I said something funny's going on. You know, um, I, I, I come in, I see things moved around and I didn't do it. They, they mess with your head. Yeah. He inspected everything. He found little piles of sawdust because I had just moved in under the doors. What's going on? He got, a, he got on a 
a stepladder at the top of the, all the doors that had been drilled. And he could, he put down a probe, he could feel a wire. Wires were down, stuck inside my doors. Hmm. Even on the porch, and this was in Dallas. And um, I stupidly stayed long enough to get hit uh, twice by cars there. And the third time, um, warning. And moved to Orlando, and there I got hit again. Uh, then I left the country. I left the country because you know what the History Channel did? In 2003, the men who came killed Kennedy, they came out with segments seven, eight, and nine. Mine was number eight. Originally, it was going to be part of seven or of nine. In other words, they added the extra set segment all by myself. All for, I'm just a talking head. They took all A&E and all of them. They took out my witnesses. All that's left was just me talking and my family. So my family, they showed my sister, but they didn't show my witnesses. Five showings, and then the, then they slammed down on me like big time. And History Channel put up that I claimed it. I have screenshots. They, it was up for years on TV or on internet. If you went to their particular, where they advertise their their different movies and things. It says there that I claimed to have helped develop AIDS. I got, got so many death threats, I had to leave the country. And since then, I've only been back two years. I got, I, I'm now trapped in the United States because of COVID. That's how that happened. Can you, my life has been like this for speaking out first. A lot of my family saying, how dare you endanger your family like this? Don't you love us? Well, I waited till all my children were grown and everything, you know? The other part, though, is a little harder because for between 2003 and 2019, the end of early 2020, I had to move every 90 days, every 90 days in Europe. I've seen so many countries. Why? Because you can only stay 90 days in the EU if you're an American citizen. Nobody would give me citizenship. I didn't dare live in the United States. I had too many threats. Even my book, um, even though it sold lots and lots, all right, um, the hardcover took, I said, I wonder why the hardcover is taking so long to sell. And my publisher said, well, it has to be because, of course, it costs more. I said, no. I looked it up, and Amazon had put it under salads and garnishes. My assass Kennedy assassination book by Lee Oswald was under salads and garnishes. I'm not joking. People, just, if you didn't know the name of the book, you couldn't find it, the hardcover. No joke. Yeah. Uh, no, it's been going on for years. So anyway, I'm overseas. After 90 days, where I have to go? I wore the whole kit and caboodle in Turkey. It looked like a Muslim woman with a, <laughs> and can't speak Turkish. So I'm doing this can't hear you know yeah. can't hear yeah <laughs> and awesome. uh, uh yeah went egypt i i uh, had wigs everything and so i get accused of dyeing my hair <laughs> I dyeing my hair such a i'm such a fake you know Nonsense. oh god but i've got my passports you can see them stamped and all the stamps that's filled up that's just when you leave the country it's not you can go to France and all kinds of EU, and they don't stamp them anymore. They only stamp if you leave the EU. So I've okay. filled up these passports with going in and out of the EU every 90 days for years. 13 years is the latest stint, you know. Because in 2007, I was teaching in Hungary. I thought I was going to be okay. 
Dr. Mary's monkey came out by Edward T. Haslam, which talks about me and what we did. And he discovered this independently. Of course, they accused us of collaborating when I had no idea where it came from. All of a sudden it came out of nowhere and showed up in Budapest and they were doing reviews. And I'm teaching at this school in Mikhok, way down in Southern Hungary near the, and, they, and what happens? A friend of mine, his, I had been living uh, earlier in his house because his daughter went to school. He's the minister of culture at that time for Hungary. And we looked up my genealogy and found out that my ancestors, or not ancestors, my relatives had died in the Hungarian Revolution. He said, well, that makes you a patriot. I said, oh, I love Hungary, you know. By the way, there, there are some people out there, and uh, I don't think I already said this, If correct me. Did I tell you when Lee Oswald joined the Marines? Did I the, say someone yeah, in this program? The, the day after... Uh... Hungary. The day after the yeah. Hungarian Revolution. All right. So I had learned, uh, I mean, um, the Hungarian Revolution was very important to me, so I looked it up. A Secret Service agent, a woman, approached me and said, because I called the school and they told me, you're fired. I said, what's going on? And then they changed the number. I couldn't even reach them again. And then it's just, the agent was sent by this minister of culture, okay, who was my friend, and said, we have uh, found out that... Uh, the school, the people who uh, said they're going to burn down the school unless uh, you fire her. And they traced that and they found out bad stuff. Part of it was from somebody stalking me in the United States. Could have been a fake threat. But then they found something deeper. So so bad, they told me I had to leave the country. That they couldn't protect me. It's a long story. I... We don't have time to tell all of it now. Maybe I will do it sometime. Sure. But the uh, upshot is, is that at the airport, I realized that they could just follow me to any country. So I had a ticket to the United States. I was warned by, again, by a second agent. If you go to Newark, they're going to drop you. You're going to go to Newark. When you go there, they're going to put you on a plane and we may never see you again. I said, that's impossible. I'm going to get, I'm getting my ticket printed out and I've already done online. I'm not, I'm going to be going to JFK. When the ticket was printed out, it said to Newark, it said apologies. Okay. And we have to, you won't be that scared. The Dickens out of me. Um, my, and my hotel room was broken and everything was taken. Thank God. Most of my stuff was already uh, in lockers, you know, but all was left was my service dog's dog bowl and, so at any rate, uh, so I bought, I had enough money. The people felt badly that I, I had I got fired. They gave me severance pay. I had enough to buy a ticket to Thailand, a ticket to Sweden, and I had bought the ticket to the United States. They're all taking off at the same time, you see, within minutes of each other. I checked in on the U.S. flight knowing it was going to go to Newark with a suitcase full of junk, okay? But I didn't get on the plane. I went with the bags and the st stuff I, my evidence files, which is so important to me, and my service dog. We got on the plane to Sweden. And then the one took off to Thailand. And when I got there, the bottom line is this is, are you kidding? You know the EU law. If you want political asylum, you have to go back to Hungary because that is the first country you entered. I went there to go teach, you know. And that's where you have to be. That's that's where you 
And they said, we're taking, they didn't do it that day because it was happened to be September 11. And they wondered if there's some kind of funny connection. So they didn't immediately put me on the plane to America. Three days went by. And by the way, I was put into a room there, very nice um, bunk bed. So, you know, holding room with four other women. They were Muslim women and they wouldn't stay because I had my black dog and it was unclean. <laughs> they all left. <laughs> I had a big room myself. <laughs> yeah. <That's pretty laughs> the prejudice it ended up. So I, I, I had, I had that. Of course, I didn't dare contact anybody during this processing time. My Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details mother died and they because they had my passport the Swedish government I could not go to my own mother's funeral or anything there's all kinds of horror I've, but at any rate uh so I'm there and they come back and they finally said Humphrey won't take you because uh they say that if you go there you'll be killed that's one of the evidence I have real solid evidence that way that uh Sweden kept me for 10 and a half months till I could get my social security and have enough funds to live on. God bless them, because they're not, legally they weren't supposed to do that. And you know, my enemies say, she claimed that she got uh, political asylum. You bet, I got it for 10 and a half months. If I, you know, yes, I was an asylum seeker. I didn't know the language at that time, but for heaven's sakes to uh, attack me, his name is Glenn Vickland, and he attacks me all the time. He said, she lied, she did not have political asylum. Well, they did everything they could. They stretched it out. In fact, I was supposed to have the asylum. Uh, uh, they gave me cards and everything. I had an apartment to live in, everything. And I, my dog was the very first service dog, by the way, in the EU system. Uh, they have to give you a certain amount to live on in Sweden. They had nothing for service dogs. So my dog is the first service dog. <laughs> now in the system, they give the same amount of money they would as for a child, a baby. <laughs> For, the, for it to take care. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have those records, you know, it's kind of interesting. So anyway, here we have, uh, I they they, uh, they gave my files. They said, we see some things in here that are disturbing to us. So, you know, we, we believe you. The, for example, the History Channel saying that I created AIDS, they found that. They found, they downloaded a bunch of attacks against me, of course. One of them said that, claimed that I was the friend of Osama bin Laden. So they understood that there were things that were done to make people hate me, you know. And so they said, uh, we we have to believe you because of what Hungary told us, you know, that your life is in danger and we can't send you there. I'm so grateful to the Swedes. I'm telling you, I am. And I'm proud of them that they refused to do lockdown when everybody else did. They're the only country in Europe did, that does not have excessive deaths. Mm. How about that? The only one in all of Europe. And it's because they, you know what they think, Swedes think. And I think about, there are only 10 million Swedes. And yet you hear made in Sweden for this and that, and all the things that they do, they're so smart. And I, I, I just love them to pieces because they they really care about each other and they're getting contaminated like everybody is. 
they're getting contaminated by this one world government thing. So they're starting their own currency. They refuse to take the, the euro. They have their, have their own currency. They're making their own digital currency because they don't want to have the new world order's digital currency. But I'm still against digital currency. We should yeah. not do it. How can you, how are, can you give a present to somebody and surprise them? How can you save up money to buy something that otherwise you never would have enough? And especially what if the government doesn't like you and they decide you aren't going to be able to buy and sell anymore? Yeah, no. People wake up, buy with cash, insist on it every chance you get. And I'm, I'm even going to the point now and I say that I'm so angry at Amazon for what things I've already told you that they've done, which people would not believe if they saw it all. But we need to support our local gov governments. You want to clean up America? Start in your own backyard. God puts you in a certain path. And you can take that path and walk it. You can go to your local school. You can make sure your sheriff is not corrupt. You can do what you can to make sure murders don't get covered up right in your own area. That we cannot clean up from the top. It's that we don't have term limits. These people uh, for COVID, we find that military money goes to like Ukraine. And then all of a sudden we see people getting really rich who are, you know, our legislators Somebody's giving them money, and of course, our government is giving contracts with this money to American businesses mostly. So it's enriching everybody but us who get our heads blown off. We're going to have World War III if we don't stop. Putin has a problem. He cannot go back defeated. They'll assassinate him. They'll kill him. I know the Russian temperament. I've talked to the Russian language is a beautiful language in many ways. You know, Lee would say words to me that were so enchanting in Russian. It's the most romantic language on earth. So help me, because I know a lot of languages. I can read them, but not only speak them. But this, this, I'll, it's amazing what you can say in Russian. It'll make a woman swoon. The same Russian, you can say the most hideous, ugly, nasty, rotten things in 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 Russian. It can break your heart. And that language is the tops and the bottom. I'll tell you, and I say that because that you can say things in Russian that would just break your heart too. So you know, Lee, having heard the beauty, and then my Russian instructor screaming at me in profanity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, when I made a mistake speaking it, you know, <laughs> you know, and he just spit, literally spit. That was me. Don't you understand? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just saying it was, please, you know, please. The Russians have a certain personality. They, they have been, all their dissenters over centuries have been wiped out. The only two kinds of people left, the ones who obey everything and then the ones who um, have learned to be, their whole families have learned to be sneaky, you know, and, and survive. That's a not good place to say, we want you to give up. Yeah. We want you to admit defeat. They're not going to do it. They didn't do it against the Russians. I mean, the, uh, the, Germans. the Germans. The Russians were almost wiped out. They mm -hmm. didn't care. We're in danger. And um, so here's the thing I'm, I, I want to get across to everybody. 
No, we shouldn't go and give up everything. Say, oh, just hand it over. Sure. No, we have give them a way out. The way out is this. You negotiate and say, we're going to lift all the sanctions. You get your pipeline, you get, send oil, you're going to get American luxury goods, you're going to be part of the world trade, everything. All right? You get to keep your bank. We're not going to take your banks away from you. It's all we ask, you know, we'll get all, you'll get all back. You touch Ukraine and you'll get your sanctions all back on top of you. See, this they understand. But he'll look like when he walks away, we've lifted the sanctions. We now have a better life. We won. That's the way Putin can tell the Russians that they won without losing face. We can do this. We can lift the, I mean, lift all the sanctions. Sanctions don't do anything but irritate the enemy and make them angry. Look, you think it did North Korea any good? Not at all. To have sanctions, they keep right on. Did it do Iran? Did it make us safer? It doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't negotiate with these little countries like that or countries are in danger. They have to feel like they've won something. If we take those sanctions off, only if they absolutely leave Ukraine. But everybody then gets access to Ukraine, including uh, the Russians for trade. Everybody does. We won't have World War III. Do you hear my voice? We have a way out. And the only ones not, that don't want to do this are those who can make money no matter what happens to us. So I am not, I've been accused of being pro-Russian because I've got an idea that could maybe save us, all of us. But it, no, it won't make quite as much money for the, you know, for the, the uh, military industrial complex. But on the other hand, if we put it in the demilitarized zone like we did with, with uh, North and South Korea, Oh, they can make plenty of money there, you know, policing the zone. That, mm -hmm. That'll make them happy. Okay, so that, that's an offer, uh, a solution. Listen, people, we have to do something. I think something like this would work, knowing the Russian mentality. Mm. So maybe uh, uh, you have any other questions? There's a lot we can talk about in so many directions, you know. I'm, honestly, I'm, I've kind of, I'm kind of just enjoying listening to you go. It's uh, this is, you know, normally I try to guide it with questions, but this is one of the, the few cases where I'm kind of enjoying just sitting back and seeing which way this goes on its own. Well, let's talk about how Lee Oswald was framed. All right. Because it's sickening. It is literally sickening. I've already gotten sick one time during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's go for another. Yeah. But imagine now. Imagine that you are working with the FBI and with the CIA. You're getting paid by the FBI, and they have assigned Agent Hostie, James Hostie, or Hostie, it looks like when you spell the spelling, <clears throat> to um, investigate you because you are a bad man who came back from the Soviet Union. Remember, I told you when I met Lee, remember, I, I saw that he was married, and I, he, that's when he told me 30 months he'd been in the Soviet Union. And you know what I said to him? I said, you are my shining hero. His jaw dropped. He was used to being cursed at for being. I said, no, I knew a man called Knut Mickelson who had to pretend. He said, I said, there's no way you'd be walking around a free man, not six months after the Cuban Missile Crisis, unless you were one of us. 
the relief on his face, if you could have seen it. People say, well, why would he confide in you? <laughs> I started that. I mean, I recognized that he was a hero. And it shocked him. He wasn't ready for that at all. And that broke through a lot of barriers right there, if you can imagine. So now we go back to how uh, he was framed. In this case, let's look at James Hosty. Uh, Hosty comes out years later, years, years, years later, with a set of notes saying that Lee was standing outside, that he that's what he told, you know, with Shelley. And Shelley was... Um, there, there's a, there are two sets of notes out there, all right. But the point is, I'm trying to make is that Lee said he was outside when Kennedy was shot. And these, of course, were kept. Nobody knew about these notes for decades because that's what they do. Anything was going to exonerate Lee, you know. I mean, Mark Lane did a great job trying to find out, you know, the truth. And Marguerite Oswald has been vilified. Oh, yes, yeah, she was odd. And yes, she was not a nice mother. I know Lee told me that he would, she wouldn't even give him a key. And if she wasn't home, he had to sit on the front porch. Finally, he learned to leave a window open in the back, you know. She didn't always check him, get inside. But he said she'd go on all these dates and get lots of, you know, fed and all that. But there was nothing in the refrigerator for him. And he had to have, he'd have bread, hot water, and ketchup and made ketchup soup. Ugh. to eat dinner yeah he said he didn't start really growing until he joined the marines yeah, they got yeah. real food you know yeah but that's the kind of uh uh she just she she wanted him to you look at the pictures you'll see his hair is just every all the others had their hair cut not for lee he's they're wondering why he got fights all the time well he's wearing he looks terrible and but in picture after picture when he's a little kid, he's the one smiling. He'll be always smiling at every picture, always smiling. That's not a killer, man. That is not a killer. You see, and there's this one teacher. She has a hideous face. I'm sorry, she does. All the kids are like, ugh, they're all miserable. He's still smiling. That really got to me. That's why I'm mentioning it. He's always tried, and even in our last conversation. He made some jokes, you know, and uh, because that's just the way he was. And uh, he'd always try to light, lighten things up. And like he's he like he told me, you know, I, I said, well, we're going along. And I said, can't you get out of this somehow? And, and he said, I, I don't know what I can do, because if I run, they'll kill you. They're going to kill my babies. They're going to kill my wife. And they're probably still going to find me. Is there that good? You know, he said, I'm sunk. That's all there is to it. And he said, would you pray with me? That was such a shock because he knew I was an atheist, but I've been raised. I was going to be a nun. When my father kidnapped mm -hmm. me out of school and locked me up, I thought there was no God, you see. I just rejected God. I'm not that way anymore. I have become an avid. I would put it this way. Jesus Christ change my life forever okay i'm not afraid of anything will happen because this is temporary here there's a great glory ahead for us we've done everything we can to do what's right period and i feel it right now uh, i don't want to get too emotional i don't want people saying oh she's an emotional wreck i have worked hard to collect all the evidence and i'm willing to stand up against anybody 
tries to, to, to say I'm lying about anything because I have everything I'm talking to you about. I have a lot of information to back it up and witnesses too. Mm. So, and these people contact me and we know about each other and, and they have protected me. I got trapped here in the United States. I came for a six day visit with one suitcase and I've been trapped here ever since because they closed this Sweden and Europe closed their borders to us because of COVID. So I've got a bone to pick with COVID and the lies. <laughs> Fauci, yeah, and all that. I've lost my home. I've lost most of my possessions and everything. But I'm used to that. All right. The if I had ever wanted possessions, I'm I was accused of saying that I was offered a hundred thousand dollars for a photograph by a National Enquirer. They added zeros to what I said. They offered me ten thousand. That's still quite a bit. But I was so tempted, so I cut the legs off the photo. It was a cheesecake photo. <laughs> You know, so I cut the legs off. <laughs> so um, recently I found a, another of those photos that has all it has legs. Maybe I ought to cut that one out, too. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is you can be tempted, but that doesn't mean you can be tempted. That doesn't mean you're going to sin. I, I will not. I will not tell a lie. And it's gotten me in an awful lot of trouble in my whole life. Matter of fact, when I was growing up. Um, by the time I was seven, I put it this way, by the time I was eight, um, my dad had taught me how all, everything about electricity, he was a genius and he'd always wanted a son and all he got was me, you know, all right. So, <laughs> and, um, no, I was building TV sets, you know, and I was doing their taxes. My dad, my parents, I was doing my family's business taxes. They own television stores. All right. He was an inventor and, and, uh, he took me up to see Adler all um, Robert Adler was in Chicago. I had my own contacts there, all right, because um, Adler had to stay in the, the Drake Hotel. Fancy, fancy, oh my, beautiful, gorgeous place. And um, and so I got to see everything. And when Dad was sent uh, over to Sandia Corporation, he was going to become a rocket scientist. They let me in with him because they knew about Adler and let me into the, his labs. Now, Adler... Uh, had my my dad gave him various inventions, and Adler took the patent credit, just like Thomas Edison used to do with his labs. And, but he was really good to dad, and always gave him all the royalties. He didn't care about royalties; he had plenty of money himself. And so, dad invented a bunch of things. Uh, some of that's in the book, so you can see what he did. Uh, but uh, when uh, my mother refused to let him move to Sandia to actually Albuquerque out there. Um, they said we'd have to live behind barbed wire if things got worse and it'd be classified stuff. And uh, with the two children here, they, you've got to understand we couldn't go anywhere. And then we might be moved to Livermore and we can't have a house because uh, he might move. My mother refused. It destroyed my father. He started drinking a lot. He wasn't himself. When my grandmother died, uh, it broke my heart. She was the one thing that kept us all together. When she died of cancer, I was determined to kill kill that cancer, but whatever it was that, that killed her, I was going to kill it. So that was my, that's when I, at 15, I started working in cancer research. And because I had to self-teach, I think of Elon Musk, okay, because he never took courses in rocketry. He self-taught himself. And so he's thinking out of the box and, and look what we've got. We've got these rockets that are coming down. It's, Landing and be used over and over again. This is 
that's what, in, in my case, I was saying, why are they doing this? Why are they, that doesn't make sense, you know? It's because they always did it that way. So I was able to give mice cancer in seven days, seven days using germ-free mice and components in an aerosol of factors, mainly based on nicotinic acid and so on, that these poor mice were forced to breathe all the time with no immune system and inserted a couple of viruses. Little did I know these viruses were that dangerous. I say inserted. I didn't sterilize things quite as much as I should have when I was in, uh, with the uh, aerosol. I didn't understand how much heat these things can take and so on. And uh, we collected the, the material. Um, all my friends helped, my sister helped. We collected five pounds at a time of cigarette butts. Can you imagine from all over? That's what's so wonderful about what we did. We didn't like to get it from a small population. We had so many cigarette butts, it was ridiculous. And so I had plenty, of, but they were from everywhere and all kinds of brands. That's what made this kind of universal. And that's what impressed the doctors too. I didn't just take, well, let's try it with this brand of cigarettes. But we got them from five towns, yeah. you know, and every, and so uh, others might say, well, that's not very clean. No, it looks like we picked up a virus and the virus caused cancer so fast in these poor uh they're these poor little these were black mice they were not white mice i also had white mice by the way when this all this experiments over they closed down my lab but then i got access and special training like you would not believe it was wonderful why these three doctors have been campaigning showing that cigarette smoking was dangerous roswell park where i was sent was the first institution first hospital to ban smoking inside so don't you know they were interested in what I was doing? So I have kept an interest all these years, of course. When I was banned from continuing, it saved my life. At the time, I hated what happened to me because I had to become a vanilla girl. I could not defend Lee or anything. I had to stay alive. Like Lee said, please, please tell my little girls that I was a good guy. That's all he asked me. Please tell my little girls that I was a good guy. And I'm long. I waited so long. Then they had to live with that. And he was a hero. And he never, do you understand that he said he was a pastor? He didn't say I'm CIA. If he said, you see, the CIA borrowed him from the ONI. He told me from the Office of Naval Intelligence. Therefore, they could always deny that he never worked for them. He was just a contract agent. How do you want to split the hairs here? Because they were paying him. I saw what they paid him. You see, he showed me so much because we were, there were so many things we had in common you wouldn't believe. I mean, I'm talking about even our chocolate Cokes. Who, who drinks chocolate Cokes? I have to tell people how to make it. You put in a couple inches of chocolate syrup at the bottom. You very carefully pour Coca-Cola on top it's going to foam like crazy. You put a little ice on top to stop the foam, and then you get a straw. Chocolate Coke. And it's so delicious. It is delicious. I've but nobody, you know, so Lee, well, that, yeah, but Lee and I both invented the darn thing. <laughs> how? He was doing it, and I was doing it. We didn't find anybody else doing it. It's just like we just thought together. It was just incredible. I can't tell you what it's like to walk 
and you turn your head and he's turning his head at the same time to look at me. We just were in sync. Hmm. We knew we'd finish each other's sentences. It was uncanny. And you think I'm going to let that die? That I'm not going to let people know what kind of man he was? This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. He loved his country, and then he gave his life. They did not betray the CIA, because if he'd said he was CIA, uh, by the way, Office of Naval Intelligence have never released hardly any files. Yeah. They probably destroyed them all. Okay. But the point is, is in the Soviet Union, he had connections there. As I said, remember, the Eisenhower administration had set up a network of spies there. And they were in all the hospitals. When you see Lee Oswald in the hospital over there, come on, Adnoy's getting out. You should be out over, you know, in one or two days. He's there like six days. Well, he's collecting information. They literally, it was the same in, in um, Moscow when he went to the hospital there after he slid his wrist, his, his left wrist. And uh, uh, Rima came too late. This is his Soviet guide. And she came about a half hour later. And she's supposed to, he almost died. And he's very weak. And they put him in a psychiatric ward, of course. But then he's there for a week. Uh, of course, he has to relax. I mean, you know, get well and all that. But... The CIA was putting doctors in these in these hospitals, and there's such hot shortage of doctors and everything. You know, of course, it was all welcome and all that. So every time you see Lee in a hospital over there, he's probably in connection with. C what I'm trying to say is that these people also were under suspicion, no doubt, if they're always interested in foreigners coming sure. in or whatever. So if he says, I've seen CIA, what's going to happen to them? He knew they would murder them. They would be executed. He didn't tell on them. The man did not defend himself by telling on them. And he gave his life. I, um, I know that some of the things I may say are controversial. By the way, the critics I'm talking about, they will say things like this. I will never read her book. She's such a fraud. She's such a fake. I refuse to. Well, they don't dare read the book. Don't, all right. Don't pay, they don't don't pay them any attention. <laughs> well, no, but it's for, on for years. When, when these eight books have been print, printed now, they come up when, um, it's, yeah, I'm going to say it again, you know, you go to, okay. So there, if you go to PayPal and do jfkconference at yahoo.com, send $42. This book is big, heavy, hardcover. It has 16 color pages inside so that you can, you know, no, those aren't color. <laughs> Let's see, I may not be able to find it fast enough upside yeah, down here. You're good. Anyway, it's it's worth it. I, I'm not making any, I borrowed money to get this printed because the the first printing of this, it was sabotaged. We have thousands of books we can't sell. They're sitting in a garage. Why? I hope people will buy them because they're going to be like examples of what they can yeah. do to you because 
pick up a book and it falls apart or part of it's printed upside down or and the manuscript inside is the old one before we got all the corrections made so it's got all, and some of the paragraphs are repeated for heaven's sakes and it and that that means that the index a lot of it doesn't match anymore you look up banister and such but it's not there anymore so we've had to reprint and i i borrowed everything i could and so I'm not going to get any money from this. It's all going to go to pay off the people who are kind enough to get this book reprinted. But that's how kind of what kind of uh, support I've got too. We're talking about fifty thousand dollars, okay? If I sell all these, I'll have set aside enough money to print it again. That's all I care about. So that's why I'm bringing it up because I owe uh, I owe these people for what they've done. By the way, they're lawyers. People who've done this. I got, they are lawyers. Um, I, you'll see that the book was uh, the afterward is by um, Mark Mueller, who they attacked, by the way, because of it. But he is, he's been a, he's a foremost, one of the foremost trial attorneys. And he interrogated me. I saw him almost every day for a year in Austin, Texas. And then he had me doing research for him. That's how much he trusted me. And he wrote, the, the uh, afterword, which said, it comments on my memory because he, this man is a fantastic guy. He knows everything. I mean, he remembers everything. And he knows I never changed my story over a whole year. No matter what I said, it was always constant. Whatever he brought up, I would provide the facts behind it. So take that, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He can't break me. That's why they're going to go and do character assassination. She dyes her hair. You terrible woman, you know. And I like men and I like women. I, I I am a real woman and they don't like that either. No. Guess what? I'm a real woman through and through. I'm a wonder woman as it comes to that because <laughs> I, will, I will stop evil. Okay, so I, I have to zap myself up like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because... When I walk outside, I don't know whether what's going to happen. I'm in America. And if something bad happens to me, they're going to say, oh, what a shame. Yeah. And their life is going to go on, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I have no choice, though. And so thank you, anybody who's listening now. Please know this man did not kill Kennedy, as I started saying before. I have evidence files. I would not. I um, just did. I am going to show you. Look, I will. Look at this. I just I opened it random. I finally got some colored pages. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See those. See those. Um, see those nice, interesting birth certificates. Mm -hmm. I can't get a birth certificate. They they say, oh, she's not in the record. I cannot. They'll say female infant. They've taken my name away. The last time I tried to get it. a birth certificate, it said my father's last name was Ward. W A R D. I've got it. In, I've got it in my book, you know. You cannot find me. The until now, my last known address was from 20 years ago. You cannot find a record of me now with all of the with the witnesses I have that saw us together and said we were lovers and so on. That there's nothing. That should be strange and weird to somebody. The fact that they will they had a zero, you realize until Jim Garrison came along. 
that nobody knew what Lee Oswald did in New Orleans because they kept it under wraps. They don't want people to know that Lee Oswald was specifically sent to New Orleans, okay, to get involved with anti-Castro activities. They're pretending to be pro-Castro and at the same time protecting our projects so we wouldn't get killed by Castro's spies. Like David Ferry said, now look, this is not the movies. Castro can't kill any everybody. But it does help to have this man here to make sure. Okay. And he was pointed at Lee Oswald. And I look at Lee and he has this calm face. And he'd already done several things for me. He just has so much uh, self-control. And one time when I, I, I told you about, I think, the sailor jumped out at us no. and threatened us. No. Okay. Well, we're supposed to go to, to uh, we uh, actually, um, Jack Ruby was picked up at the airport by Sammy, who was, who was uh, Carlos Marcello's brother. And he did a lot of that kind of work. And they're here. They come to David Ferry's. Don't think that David Ferry and, and uh, Jack Ruby didn't know each other. That's ridiculous. For one thing, just below where Dave Ferry lives is a Jewish publication that, that Jack Ruby gave money to, and he always visited him anyway. So he's in the same, I mean, it's, he just goes upstairs and he's at David Ferry's, okay? Of course he knew him and all about him and everything. And I got to meet him, and it's all in my book. And the man stood on his hands and walked around the room showing off to me. I mean, who does that? I mean, how could I make something like that up? Yeah. He did. And Brass Knuckles, I love it because Brass Knuckles fell out of his, when he stood on one hand, it changes. And all of a sudden, his, one of his pockets opened, blum, out came money, you know, all rolled up and, and, and Brass Knuckles. Why is that important? Then I, then a critic said he didn't have Brass Knuckles. Well, I found, I found that uh, when he uh, sh shot Lee. Uh, when they examined his pockets, he had brass knuckles there. So that's on record. I mean, they'll, they'll take the tiniest little detail and try to say things that are just not true, you know. But I was there. But what's uh, interesting is, so he's bringing up these big barbells, and they're blue. I'll never forget them. Dave said, he said, I want you to start doing this. We've got to keep you in good shape because, see, David Ferry was also a mafia pilot. And... Jack Ruby needs him to be in good shape to go back and forth for the mafia and for him and stuff like that. He usually drove, but this time he flew. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because of what happened. Uh, Dave said, uh, how am I going to use these? He said, it'll crack the ceiling. <laughs> you know, your friend downstairs, he's not going to like that. He said, well, put it on the porch and all that. I don't know what happened to them after that. But um, Dave lived on cigarettes and beer and jello <laughs> and vitamins. I mean, it's horrible, horrible diet. And Jack was really worried. He said, you've got to take better care of yourself. And part of this is in my book, and I've said it many times other places. Some people may remember this. And, I, and he said, and Jack said, I knew him as Sparky Rubenstein. That's how they introduced him. Uh, he said, are you using that blender I gave you to make carrot juice? <laughs> and I said, um, looks like a chopped cherries if it's in the refrigerator and the blender that that those are mouse tumor, tumors he's using a chop up mouse tumors oh god <laughs> uh, yeah oh no in his refrigerator oh no uh, yeah and and no we wouldn't eat anything from dave first he, he he made his pancakes the first time but when we found out that he was keeping those 
in not in a separate refrigerator, but in his own refrigerator. Are you uh, kidding? No. Uh, oh God, in heaven. All right. But, so anyway, um, so downstairs is uh, our, uh, Sergio Acacha Smith. I look down through the window. He's in the car and he gets out to sh uh, shake hands with uh, Dave and all that, but they get back in the car. It looks just like my dad. He's, he's dead ringer for him. So I cannot forget that face. I, I've got that in my book too. You can see that they look just like each other at that time. And, um, and a couple other people. Okay, so anyway, so we're invited to go along with him to Antoine's, really fancy in New Orleans. And they said, all you have to do now is act like a bimbo. Don't act smart. He said, I'm going to do the same. I act stupid and I say nothing. And then they forget we're here and they'll say anything. And it was true. They get, As they start drinking, they start getting looser lipped. We're not saying a thing or just say one little thing to lead them on. So I acted bimbo. And so we're, we look at the car has five guys in it already, three in the back, two in the front, you know, we've got our catches. We've got uh, David Ferry went on uh, his motorcycle. He had a, he had a Harley da Davidson, okay? Really gorgeous micro, uh, um, motorcycle. My dad had motorcycles too. He was the head of a motorcycle group. So my mom was, so I love motorcycles. So I, I got to ride once behind Dave on his, on his Harley. But at any rate, uh, so he went on a Harley, but the rest of, we have the five men in the car here. And I, I said, I would say that we approached the car, which was an ordinary brown and green Chevy sedan. I said, where's the limousine? He said, well, no, we, uh, we get to use this as what he poses when he's a tomato sa salesman for the IRS. This is his <laughs> other car. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I said, oh, good. I get to put my little fanny down on the Godfather's seat covers. <laughs> I'm acting stupid, you know? Yeah. And we get in. I mean, he, they all get in. And I, I said, there's nowhere to sit. He said, I just have to suffer, I guess. You'll have to sit in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so um, uh, everybody said, you're not going to mind that, are you? She's cute, you know, that kind of thing yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, so yeah. they made fun of me, you know. They thought I was completely stupid. Oh, I, I, you mean I can't sit on the Godfather's seat covers? Why? Why do I just sit on his lap, you yeah, know? Yeah. All right, so we're there. And they're all drinking, but Lee doesn't drink. Never did. Uh, he he would take something all night and it'd look like he's drinking and saying beer and pour some of a plant or whatever he did. But he, he, it was all pretend. I love that about him because I didn't drink either. How many people do you find like that? We had the same. We didn't smoke. We didn't drink. We didn't swear. Hmm. I mean, dear goodness sakes, everything. He'd read everything I read. We loved all the Russian literature. He would read Russian poetry to me in the most enchanting way. All right. So we're anywhere we're eating. They're noticing. They're noticing. Um, and we get a limousine. Uh, well, anyway, we would, the next time we went was to the 500 Club. At that time, we actually got a limousine going because they realized that Lee was connected to big time, you know, Mafia people through his uncle, and his uncle knew him all oh, for years, and so did Sparky. That is, Jack Ruby knew him for years. He, the man did not want to kill Lee. We even have a call, and it was recognizing his voice saying, "Look, we're going to shoot him tomorrow if you bring him out." All right, all right. So, and I told you about hosting. Remember, I told you that Lee was very upset, and that 
actually gave a note to hosting later. This is much later, but it connects here because of the kind of communications going on and everything. The, the and I, I, I want to pick up that loose end, which I had not talked to you about, uh, that when Hosty uh, was given the assignment, he had like 31, they said, other assignments. And Lee's was at the bottom, made sure it was real thin and that uh, it was of no, nothing of importance. And But he knew that Lee was working for the as an informant for the FBI. He knew it. But he suspected Marina was a spy. So he goes over and pesters, terror scares the living daylights out of her. Okay, while Lee's at work, he won't be there when Lee's there. He knows better because Lee's a fire eater about that defending his wife. He's not going to let anybody uh, browbeat her, but he's not there. And Ruth Payne is no help. Ruth Payne is one of them. It's awful. Now, Lee didn't know that at the time. He trusted her because he loved the, the Quakers. You go look up all the stuff he did with the Quakers. And he thought she was a real Quaker. She was not. She was a convert and used that really to hide behind her stuff. She's still alive. I would love to meet her face to face. And somebody have to restrain me so I do not do something I should not do in her presence. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, uh, Hosty is picking on, on Marina and scaring her because in Soviet Union, if they, people like FBI come, that's like Gestapo. And she was terrified that she might end up being deported and leave her children behind or who knows what. They would stay with the father, you know, or that she or or she might go to jail and be tortured. She had no she was so frightened. So he wrote a note and they're trying to tell us that that note uh, was about his going to build up, uh, blow up the building if they stop if they didn't uh, stop bothering Marina. No, he would not even think he would never write that down anyway. Okay, but he wrote something probably, it was probably something like, we need to talk because of my wife, something. And the fact that he never met with Lee to talk about the wife, that could be construed two ways. They held on to that note and did not destroy it at first while Lee was alive, because he would have said, you know darn well that I tried to talk to you and you didn't. But they're holding the note because they can, if something goes to court or something like that, they can say something like, well, we tried to meet him and all that, and he refused, you know, so they're going to hope. But then when he's dead, they destroy the note, because then they could say it says anything they want. If that note really said blow up the building, they would have shown it to everybody. It would have been in the news. It would have been everywhere. Look, he threatened the FBI. This man murdered Kennedy. And, no. So you see, that's the beginning of what I'm talking about, framing Lee Oswald. That's that's just the beginning. And using fake people that look like him. Now, there were two sets of, this is very important, there were two sets of information out there that CIA put out. One, it shows Lee is five feet nine. The other shows Lee is five feet 11. All his military records show 5'11. All his very important things he has to fill out that's government is 5'11. Everything uh, that he's doing on the civilian side is 5'9". That separates him from the CIA as a civilian. That's important if anybody's looking up his record. And so we have John Armstrong and others saying, oh, there were two. One is Lee and one is a Harvey. And she dated Harvey and she never met Lee. Uh, and, and, you know, no, these are two separate records. And uh, by the way, Mr. Armstrong, I have shown, I, I have to get it posted somewhere else because it's on Facebook right now. Under Harvey and Lee, the truth mingled with fiction because he took 
photographs that had been identified by the Warren Commission as Lee, the real Lee, and made him fatter and heavier and thicker, literally, and said, this is the bigger, fatter, heavier, thicker uh, Lee, and she just dated skinny, nobody, Lee Oswald. He was always 5'11", the five, I mean 5'11 on uh, paper for the government. Same man. And the thing about this Lee Henry Oswald that the CIA makes a big deal about, they said there's Lee Harvey, but what's this about Lee Henry? The fact that Lee told me, he said he quit writing his middle name because if you look at it, you can't tell whether it says Harvey or Henry because of his handwriting. And he said, when they made a fake file, when they made a file on me and they started putting stuff in there, I told them that's not me. They said, it doesn't make any difference. You know, we, we know it's you. But they were able to use that later to make like two Oswalds. And that is, so there aren't, now there were two Oswalds by the time we get to the last days, the last weeks in Dallas. They're coming up with, and they did it from time of Mexico City. When Mexico City sends up a picture, and you know it isn't Lee Oswald at all, the main office over in the U.S., in Dallas area, okay, I think it's Dallas, they asked for a picture of Lee Oswald, I think it was on the 7th of October, okay, right after Lee got back. Did he go to Mexico City? Now they want, if they don't like Russia, they say he went to Mexico City. If at the time they do like Russia, they say he didn't go because that's what the CIA does. In this case, they're asking for a picture to see if he's really in Mexico, went to Mexico City. That's the, that is the public record if it's ever looked at, they know darn well he went, but they're asking for it on the record. And they send a picture that's not him. Now, how did they do that? Six times Lee was photographed by their usual surveillance cameras. Oh, six times, at least six times. They're always also mixing up the embassy, the Cuban embassy with Cuban consulate. They were side by side. When Lee was in the Cuban embassy, somebody pretending to be him was calling with very bad Russian. And Bob Bauer, who's a decorated CIA agent that is tracking Oswald, said that was a real Lee Oswald, and he knows darn well, we have a record that Lee was visiting. Remember, I told you about Aparicio. Mm -hmm. He was trying to reach Aparicio, who was in the hospital because of diabetes, and he was talking to, to Teresa Proenza. I mentioned the name before, and I'm going to mention why. Teresa was the person that represented Aparicio if he was out of his office. Now, she had a problem because when they, uh, it, uh, after the assassination, right after, uh, they, they, they approached Teresa and said, we heard that he was in the embassy. And she said, yes, he asked me where uh, Aparicio was. Uh, I, I told him he wasn't in, and she was protecting herself. She said, I had nothing to do with anything else. Well, you know what they did? They, they put out there that Lee Oswald was screaming and yelling that he was going to kill Kennedy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In the embassy, they were able to say they proved it because they had, they had a bug in Aparicio's office that day. We've got that on record, okay? 
because he talked about it in six, early 64. That's why we've got it. We know that. The same day Lee is supposed to go visit him, the CIA puts a bug in the office. They're going to prove that he was there if, he ha if they have to for their own horrible reasons, you see. But Proenza, they've got a problem because she said he was rational. He wasn't screaming and yelling. Now think about that. He was not screaming and yelling, saying that he just asked where Aparicio was. See how important this gets? Mm -hmm. They didn't realize how important when they released these files. So what happens to Proenza? Within two months, she's been accused by fake records the CIA created to kick her out of, out of Mexico. She is sent back to Cuba and put in prison. She is silenced in hot in house arrest then for three years nobody can interview her and she can't tell anybody that lee was acting like a rational man when he was there he wasn't screaming or yelling or anything and they then they they got some other people also you know implicated made a big deal out of it so that's part of how they framed lee oswald right there in mexico city now why was this fake picture sent here's a fact that picture was sent i now understand because i understand the other things going on remember i told you we we were going to be fake. We're um, uh, pretending that we were going to be informants for the CIA, and we we're going to pretend that we were pro-Russian. That's why Lee actually is on record that he said, "Put the gun down." Said the FBI is after me. He wanted that on record with the Russians so that he could be later an informant for the FBI or CIA. And if he's ever seen with them or all that, they can say, "Well, they hunted him down. He didn't do that. You know, they hunted him down." And it's not his fault uh, that uh, he's seen with them or anything like that that ever happened. But there, the, P the CIA is compartmentalized. One part might be doing something you only have need to know, and the other section may not know. What this section knew right after in October, okay, without knowing what was going to happen in Dallas, they know that they have to pretend Lee Oswald never came because he's going to get a fake name. He's, I'm going to be there. We're going to have fake passports. Everything's new. We're going to be informants for them. So they're going to pretend that he never came and they're going to send a fake photo. That's how that happened. You're not going to find that in any of the researchers, anything. But that is the bottom line, what happened there. Because they were pretend he never came. The other side, depending on like Bob Bauer now, we don't like the Russians. Now he's got tracking Oswald that he did come. But he's using this fake guy that was pretending to be Oswald who called the Russian embassy and said, uh, have you found out about my visa yet? You know, whether he could take the transit. He's pretending that he wants to go to Cuba to get a transit visa to go to Russia when he could have gone straight to Russia like he did the other time on a boat and got there. But no, this time, I, I, I say, excuse me, he went over on a boat. He ends up uh, getting on a plane and flies to Russia, no problem. He would have done that. No, that's a ploy. What he would have done is dropped off this, what he thought was the bioweapon. And by the way, I can talk about how easy it is to make a bioweapon. I can make one myself. Don't ever believe it's that hard. It isn't. I mean, if incompetent Pfizer can do it, believe me, anybody can. But anyway, I'm serious. They're so dirty. The, the, they're, they're, all their drugs are terribly dirty. Uh, uh, they can go ahead and sue me. Uh, they'll be sorry. They won't touch me because they know how dirty their stuff is. But the bottom line here is that Lee Oswald is would have ne was never, even if he got the transit visa, he could have said, I changed my mind and went right back to Mexico and we would have started our life together. 
He just had to drop that thing off if he could. Now we can prove that Lee had no intention originally to go to uh, to uh, Cuba because when he fills out this form, which is for, to get a transit visa, she says, where are your passport photos? Now Lee Oswald was a seasoned traveler. He knows if you're gonna go to a certain country and you, you have to have passport photo. He didn't have any with him. He's under such pressure just to get in there and get this done. He didn't have any because he never intended originally to go to Cuba. He has to go out and get some made and come back. Okay. That's not the way you do business. If you're, if you're, see, I mean, Lee had been traveling all over the world. Come on. He knows you have to have photos if you're going to go to another country, to, you know. So we have the photos. And you could sit, tell that they were made some other time. These were probably going to be the photos that he was going to use for his fake identity. Because he's wearing clothes he doesn't usually wear. He's got his hair looks a little different, you know. I believe that's what those photos were. I know I had set that was made myself that we, uh, we were going to get, I say. So that's these are background things. And I'm still alive to tell you. I don't know how much longer, okay. But I hope it's coming through. And I hope I pull, pulled enough pieces together. I know I leave some hanging fruit there sometimes for you to have to pick up again. So we go back again to Hosty, as I said, and how it all starts, this machinery. The day that Lee was hired at the Texas School Book Depository through Ruth Payne, we, we have enough proof to show it was her. Very interesting um, how and that happens since they hired two people the same day they hired Lee Oswald. So they really needed him badly. Not true. It's arranged. I could go into deep detail about that. A lot of this takes a long time to go through. But I've given you a taste of some of, of what went on. And uh, I back it up. I can back it all up. I know you can. That's why I love having you on here. It's It's just a... It's like a, it's like a, a live Lee Harvey Oswald documentary. Well, they didn't think I was going to save all that. Who does that? I mean, I, can you imagine saving my check stubs from Riley, which was, I, why? Because I thought we were going to kill Castro and we'd be heroes. I want my family to be proud of me. That and it turned out I've got all this to prove that I loved and knew Lee Harvey Oswald and my family hates me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not all my family. They're sure. coming around. Yeah, they're coming around. In fact, my family listened to me when I told them, get this, I saw the genome, and I said, I've kept up with all this. I can I analyzed that genome when it came out. The Chinese put it out at the very end of 2019, and by January 2020, we had it. Only in the United States, they're only showing a part of it to the virologists. You had to go, I was in Europe, and I saw all of it, okay? I mean, I, I, when I said I knew where to get it. I was already stuck in the United States, but when I saw the genome, I mean, I, I knew where to go to get it because I'd been in Europe and I'd studied all, all the stuff that was going on there. So I was able to access that. And I'm looking at this and they're trying to say this came from an animal, a bat or a camel. I'm looking at the sequence. See, I memorized everything. So I could, bam, I could see where this insertion had been made. And, and it was so crude because the insertion was made in the place that if you put it there, you don't have control really of, of where the amino acid sequences are going to go next. It was dangerous, it was reckless, and it's criminal. It, we're at the point now that messenger RNA should be banned, period. 
It's too easy. You don't know when it divides. If there's any mutation that comes along into this inserted stuff, we don't have centuries, you know, to deal with it. If there's a mutation in what they've inserted, it can do. As I said, I'm afraid, and I told my friends, that you could grow hair on your tongue from this stuff. Mm. And by heaven, it, that's happening. That is happening. It's called furry tongue. And I mean, I could see it. I could see where these spike proteins were going to land and uh, how crude it was because it wasn't elegant at all. Anybody with any uh, good, uh, you, you have to have studied these a long time. Don't get me wrong. But once you know how these sequences go, you see the respiratory virus is huge. It's big. It's not a little bitty virus. It's big. Why? Because it's emerged as we emerge, it lives with us. It doesn't want to kill us. It wants to mutate. If we figure out how to fight it, it mutates a little and keeps right on going. So we have flu and colds all the time. They took this thing and made it so if it mutates, it's going to, and they only used a part of it. The poor body's looking at it. It's not a big respiratory virus anymore. It's a little piece called a, a spike protein. It's a cleavage that can stick like an arrow right inside your immune system and a part of it, okay? And you can't get it out. It's like a thorn. It's not with connected to an entire virus. And that thorn like irritates. And so the body works against, it, but the thorn is created to make more of the same. And there, we have methionine to stop it. I mean, you don't turn it off. Uh, I, I mean, to start it. Methionine started. There are three ways to turn it off. And I, well, I could not find ways to turn it off. In other words, I could see this thing could proliferate through your whole body and kill you in a hundred different ways. So I told everybody, watch out, we're, is this gonna, don't take it. Four of my kids listened to me, one did not. One of them took all the shots and she's had COVID five times. Jeez. She's not well. And I saw it coming, but she wouldn't listen. She, well, mother, you don't have your, no, they kicked me out, but that doesn't mean that I stopped learning. I kept right on learning. Because I want to help people. And on and by the way, on Twitter, at Judith, people have asked me for help. And I say, look, I always have to put, go to your doctor. But sometimes uh, there's a problem. Like in this one case, this poor woman has fibrillation of the heart, okay? So doing that. And so they're giving her something for that. Okay? It's dangerous. It can kill her in, within three to five years. Uh, the... the uh, the problem that she has uh, with her atrial, uh, the system way it's set up. But I look closer and she's being given blood pressure medication that causes fibrillation of the heart. And they're not stopping the medication. They're, they're considering, they will be considering, I, he doesn't know this yet, but they make a lot of money this way by giving you blood pressure medicine. You get a heart problem, they give you the heart medicine that doesn't work because you're still taking the blood pressure medicine and then they'll get you a pacemaker. And boy, that makes them a lot of money. Mm. They don't care about you. Okay. This is going on. It's unconscionable. It should not be happening. How do you fix? I have people say, well, what are we going to do about our high blood pressure? I said, what they're giving you is going to kill your kidneys. It destroys kidneys. It ruins your heart. You look it up and you'll see what it does. It's dreadful. All these side effects. Well, they said, well, what can be done? My friend, as you get older, your body tells you that you're not thirsty as much as it used to. It, that part deteriorates. 
people are not, as they get older, their blood pressure is going up primarily from one, bad food choices and obesity, but the, the other, and, the, and diabetes and so on. But the main problem is not drinking enough water. So I had a friend who's on, who he's going with his doctor's permission, he's taken down. You cannot stop the blood pressure medication. You will get hallucinations. You'll get psychosis. You'll be depressed. You have to get off. It takes about six weeks. If you don't do it slowly, you'll be a mess because this stuff has so many side effects. And so people are getting sick trying to get off it because they get scared when they have bad things happen to them. But if you take you, you've got to find a doctor who lets you get off of it. He won't make as much money. Okay. But you'll be his friend for life, <laughs> you know, and maybe you'll send him on vacation if you're rich. But the point is, is that this man, if he's, if he allows you to get off of it, and, and if they don't ask you, your doctor doesn't ask you how much water you're drinking. This man I showed him, he was only drinking, yeah, drink. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. that I, just, I just drink he, a lot of water anyway. He took, he took, he took his blood pressure, which was pretty high, on the medicine. And the doctor just told him he has to take more. I said to my friend, this is not good. You've already taken way too much. It's going to, you already, your urine is the wrong color. It's already, your urine is orange. It's supposed to be pale yellow. You are not getting enough water. I said, I just want you. And he did. He took his blood pressure all day long. He drank water. His blood pressure went down 30 points Jeez. just by drinking water. Now, which is cheaper? You want to yeah. take the expensive medicine and end up with, with kidney uh, uh, shutdown and, and, uh, or you will have to have a pacemaker. Or drink water, people. Please drink the water. I don't like water. I'm and not. I'm not talking about carbonated. I'm talking about real water. Yeah. Okay. The kidney. Yeah. Please, people, save your lives. You know, the big pharma only wants to give you pills. They're treating symptoms, not causes. The cause, in most cases, is not enough water. Number one. But it's cheap, isn't it? So they're not going to tell cheap. you. And by the way, it's not the doctor's fault. They're being taught by Pfizer and uh, uh, Sandoz and, and Moderna salesmen. They don't have time to go to school again and learn to read. They learn it from Big Pharma. Big Pharma's not going to tell them anything, but will make money for them. We've got to break up Pfizer and others. They're criminals. They need to be broken. Go ahead and kill me. I don't care. You just have to break this stuff up. <laughs> We have to ban messenger RNA and find other ways to treat besides sticking us with so-called vaccines. I was all pro-vaccine, but they're changing them. In When I live in Sweden and they give them 13 shots, the little kid, you know, to, by the time they go to school, here they have to get 50. We're living, our kids are living pin cushions. And the main thing, please write this down, everybody, listen to me. MMR. You know what that is? Come on, Tommy. What is an MMR vaccine? Measles, mumps, mumps, rubella. Measles, mumps, and rubella. They used to be separate. Yes, they used to be <laughs> separate. You'd get separate shots. Okay, that the body can handle. And those were, by the way, vaccines, real vaccines. But now they said, well, wait a minute. We'll put this all in one shot. We'll make a lot more money that way. You can make the shot more expensive, but the people on the other end, they're getting three in one. And 
autism rates at the same time go sky high and they say there's no connection. When has anybody in the history of the world had three childhood diseases hit them at the same time? You're going to get mumps, you're going to get rubella, and you're going to get measles all at the same time. What's going to happen to your immune system? It should not be done. It's messed up the immune systems. MMR, do not tell your doctor, I will have my kid taken at, at as late a day as possible, and I'm not going to let him be taken in a composite three in one, one shot fits all that is destroying mostly boys, okay, with autism. They can go and say that's not true, but they are the ones that cook all the statistics. They say that by the end of the century, that 50% of our boys will have autism. And they say, we don't know why. But let's keep go ahead and use them as pincushions. Have I said enough to sound like I'm a nut? I hope not. No. I, this is why I have you on is because you have a, a wealth of knowledge and a, and a vast, vast array of topics. Um, but, Judith, for now, I have to, I just well, look I at hope the clock. That, yeah, it, I have to get ready for, for my next podcast. No, I could talk to you for hours and hours. You know, I, I gave us, I, get, I scheduled two hours and 45 minutes for us, and uh, I'm now realizing I should have put aside four hours because I, I love talking <laughs> to you. It's all right. No, um, I, I love If you want me back. Oh, you know you're coming back. If you it. want me back, it's going to have to be about the same time because it's filling up. People are listening to me finally. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's because I told them, don't take the shot. You're going to get COVID if you take the shot. Yeah. And well, they're listening finally. Well, let's. Uh, I'll text you after this, and um, and we'll schedule another one, and um, I'll send you the link for this. And as always, everybody in the in the description is her Twitter, your website, and the books. And um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, for, yeah don't buy them from Amazon. Not Amazon. Right now yeah. They are they are not selling. They are not sending me their addresses. Can you imagine how many people are getting mad at me because they pay for the book? Yeah. We had an attorney yesterday buy a book and says that they're going to get it in three within three weeks. And I, I said, but I'm I, they did give it to me. They're not giving me the addresses. Well, thank you, Tommy, for letting me be here and yes, to speak so long. I I love it. I, Usually, I, I get like thirty minutes or an hour, and you no, just can't no, say no, very no, much. No, 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 no. That's no. I I I like this because we can just sit back and really go down any which way we want i i think next time i schedule you i just won't schedule any other podcasts and i will just give it it'll be yours it'll be free reign all afternoon we can we can we can go until you get tired well let's have fun okay. because there's a lot to talk about and yes, we can talk about especially the development of biological weapons and i'm telling you we are in dire straits remember again we can negotiate with russia we offer them raise lift off all the, the sanctions so they have free trade every the, the russian people will then applaud putin they'll feel like they won we don't have atomic bombs going off and by the way we just may survive the century if we do beautifully said god bless you god bless you all i love everybody thank I'm you miss baker best for all of us. Thank you so much for coming on here. You're an absolute wonderful guest, and uh, I will text you right now before my next one, and we'll and we'll get the next one set up. But until then, Miss Baker, thank you so much for your time. Thank you everybody for watching. God bless. Recording stop. America, thank you so much.